Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. morning it's time to talk about sports on the radio on espn honolulu chris hart gary dickman with you this morning on the bobby curran show and our top stories we're following today uh well university of hawaii is leaving this afternoon for michigan to take on the number four team in the country Woo! you say that with almost laughing at that and uh i'm not laughing at it i think it's a great opportunity a great opportunity for great things to happen you don't necessarily have to win the game but some great things can happen. Well, I know one great thing that'll happen. They'll come back with a one point nine million dollar check. So that's the that's the priority in this game, I think. In a way, to get that money, that's the reason they're playing the game. Well, I think it's also a, a priority to come away healthy as well. I don't think they're going up there to just cash a check. But our next story: Sue Bird uh, ends her great career in the WNBA in a loss to Las Vegas. Yeah, it is the WNBA, but she is one of the greatest players ever. All of her accomplishments, all the Olympic gold medals, I believe five of them, uh, everything she has accomplished in her career, great college career at UConn, all in one place in the WNBA in Seattle, Long Island girl, and I'm really happy for her career. Too bad she couldn't have gone out in the finals, but I'm glad she ended it at home in front of the hometown crowd. Why do we care that she's from Long Island? I care. I care. That's why I said it. Mm. All right. And speaking of Seattle and uh, Las Vegas, somebody wake up Billy Hull. The NBA, sources say, are expected to announce expansion in Seattle and Las Vegas. Yeah, they've been rumored for a while, those two cities. I know LeBron James has been very interested in owning a team in Las Vegas. We know he's got the money, probably with a few backers as well. Uh, I know the NBA, at least two years ago or so, Adam Silver, the commissioner, said they're not looking to expand anytime soon. But they make an announcement this year. It'd probably be a couple of years before they play. And I think it's kind of good news. Seattle deserves it. After losing to OKC, losing the franchise or the team to Oklahoma City years ago, it'd be nice for them to get a franchise back. Yeah, and I think they should be a, they should be one of the you know they should be first in line because that Seattle is a great sports town. They really support their sports teams. I mean, minor league hockey for crying out loud, they really show up for. I don't know if they supported the new arena. I think that was the problem back when Key Arena, which was located in the middle of the suburbs uh, in Seattle, they weren't able to get funding or the voters approving a new arena. I think that was part of the reason they moved or haven't gotten a franchise since. But I think it is a great sports town. I think the fans would support it. It's just a matter of getting the arena and getting the ownership group. But they are deserving of a new franchise. So hopefully that will happen there are, soon. There, are a certain, there is a certain part of the population in any city that doesn't believe that the people should pay for a billionaire's stadium. If the billionaire wants to have an arena or a stadium, perhaps the billionaire should should uh, fund it. I wish there are a lot of people that case. think that way. Yeah. 
but it is kind of exciting. And for Las Vegas, which is really interesting in that when they had the All-Star game there, probably about 10 years ago, the NBA All-Star game there, there was violence and a lot of negative activities going on. And people were saying, well, Vegas will never get a pro sports franchise. Uh, they did get hockey, they did get the Raiders, and it looks like they're going to get the NBA. I don't know about baseball anytime soon, but it's a great sports town. I mean, you've got a lot of fan support from the people that live there, and of course people visiting there, and of course people from maybe other places that just want to go there because of a game going on. So it, it's like a win-win. It makes sense that the team, the franchise, probably would be successful, at least off the court financially. Yep, you know I don't see I don't see Las Vegas as a baseball town. I don't see a baseball team opening there. It's, it, to me, Las Vegas is a town of excitement. Las Vegas is football. Las Vegas is the the show of the Las Vegas Knights. It's Allegiant Stadium with the Raiders. Baseball just doesn't fit in that town to me. I think it would. I mean, the weather might be a part of it if you're playing in July and August and it's That's 110 true. degrees. That well, you have I to play indoors. Problem. You have to play indoors, obviously. Or you just play night you're... games. Yeah, but still, it's like a lot of times it's like 100 <laughs> degrees at night That's over true. there. So, That's true. you know, that who's who's going to want to go out? Who's going to want to go to those games? But why do you think it's a bait? Why? Why? Because it's a pro sport, and I think fans love pro sports. And if you're going to get forty to forty-five thousand, let's say, uh, I think it'd be great to have a pro franchise there. I mean, baseball is still an exciting sport. It's not like other sports, but it's still very popular. Baseball is an exciting sport. Yeah, of course it baseball is. Baseball attendance is dying year after year. It's not. Di- I don't know about dying. It's gone down in certain cities, but in certain mm-hmm. cities, it's it's. Going crazy. I mean, the Dodgers get fifty thousand a game. The Cardinals get forty-five thousand a game. Red Sox right, and Cubs get thirty-five thousand. Yankees right. thirty-five forty. So there's five teams you just mentioned. What about the Florida Marlins or the Tampa Bay Rays or the I don't know. Oh, give me Ames. another team. <laughs> well, oh, I check them every night. In fact, They're, they hit eight thousand, I believe. Every night you Oakland. check baseball attendance. Oh yes, I do. That's your problem. <laughs> I, I really do. And you know what I look for? I look for those three places you just mentioned, Miami, Tampa, and the Oakland A's, to see how few people are there. And when it's like 3,500 or 4,000, it's hysterical. In a way, not hysterical. It's funny in a way. Sad, actually. But it doesn't mean Las Vegas would have crowds like that. You're right. In certain cities, baseball attendance is really down. But it's been down almost since day one. Even if they went Tampa Bay's in the wild card spot right now, four and a half games back of the Yankees, and they're getting 9,000 fans a game. That's just the town and logistics of getting to the stadium right but new york is right but new york is a new york you could say is a baseball town maybe a football town but new york is a baseball town chicago is a baseball town can you imagine how many people would be at a las vegas professional baseball game right now when you've got the nfl uh going underway now granted people could for the betting aspect maybe baseball would be good but um I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't see it. I don't see it as part of the Ninth Island lifestyle where people are going crazy over Las Vegas Area Fifty One, whatever they're going to call themselves, the professional baseball team. Well, I mean, it has nothing to do with the NFL. The NFL season starts Sunday. Baseball has twenty games left, so they're almost offsetting each other. They don't really right. And then like you go all. into the then you go in the playoffs, and all of a sudden nobody's watching. They're watching Week Two in the NFL. You've seen the ratings on in baseball playoffs. Playoff ratings are good. I thought they were good. No, no, it's not. Look it up. Look it up, and we'll discuss it after. But let's go back to to basketball. I think Las Vegas is perfect for basketball, and it should have been done a long time ago. I 
in this world that we live in where it's all about money and nothing else, last, I think it was in June or somewhere recently, Adam Silver said, we're definitely going to expand, but we don't have plans to do it yet or something like that. I think ownership probably realized by bringing in more teams, there's more money, television deals and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know when the NBA's deals are up, but obviously they're going to plan this for when the next TV deal is up so they can negotiate more money. Somehow, that's got to work in. That's got to work its way into this whole thought process, isn't it? Well, that and also the teams have to pay a fee to be in the league, and I don't know if that's a ton of money, but it's a lot of money. I forget what the figures were for hockey and basketball. I mean, for football, as far as exp- well, the Raiders aren't exp- are an expansion team, uh, but there is money to be made. That's a big part of it, sure. But just going back to one part about Vegas, Vegas, you wouldn't think would be a hockey town. I mean. You know, you have all these foreign players in a sport that's not played in that weather, and but it's you taken have, you off. Have, you have tons of people visiting from the north. You have tons of transplants who live in Las Vegas. That's why hockey makes sense. And look at the show they put on that yeah. first year. I mean, that's an event. That's something that tourists go to. Remember, I believe that Las Vegas is probably the 50th biggest city or something like that. In the, But you add... You add the, the, the tourists, and it becomes a top 10 population in the country. There's millions and millions of visitors every single day. You look at the size of Honolulu. Honolulu is about the 64th, 60, 65th biggest market. I'm going off of radio markets. Uh, TV markets might differ, but basically, Honolulu is the island of Oahu, Metro Oahu. And we're like number 65. But we don't count much of the military, most of the military, and the tourists who are here. So you add that on, and Hawaii is a much bigger town. So I think when you talk about the um, the appeal of hockey, you're, you're, you're not talking about people who were born and raised in Nevada. You're talking about everybody else, which is a lot more, it seems. That's a good point. In fact, I've it's only a great been to... point. Great point. <laughs> That's an okay point. It's a been good to... point. That's only, a great point. I've only been to Drop hockey. the mic. I've only been it's to a commercial hockey. break. If that's your highlight. That's not, Anyway, I've only been to one game there. What I noticed and I've read and I've also seen other play, times I've been to Vegas is that, let's say, when, when I went, they played Washington. There were a, quite a few Washington fans showing up in their jerseys. I've been there in Vegas when they're playing a different team from around the country, and there's a lot, a good number of fans showing up in those teams' jerseys. So I think kind yeah. of what you were talking about, visiting right. fans will show up for some of those games. It's just kind of an attraction being in Vegas. I went to a Mariners game. I went to a Mariners game, and about two thirds of the crowd was from Toronto. <laughs> so right, that would work. You told me, yeah. yeah. So, so I, th- I think with basketball, I think would be very successful. And if LeBron James is behind it, if it does come down to that, even more so. But they already have an arena, which is great. It's not like they have to build anything for hockey. They had to get T-Mobile, and now that that's intact, you already have that already set for basketball. It already seat seventeen, eighteen thousand or so, whatever. It What's might the be. arena? T-Mobile Arena. That's where the hockey team plays, so you could play basketball. They already play basketball. They have the Pac-12 tournament there. They have other games there uh, that have been played there over the years, too. So you already have the arena built, so it's kind of makes it a lot easier as far as starting a franchise from scratch like they did for Allegiant Stadium and the Raiders and for the hockey team as well. So that part makes it easier. Now, you just mentioned that LeBron James might be a part of this. Do you think LeBron James is powerful enough to dictate expansion in the NBA? 
Well, it's not so much that that's not going to be the reason they're expanding, but he, he he has said he'd like to own a team in Vegas. And if they're going to put a team to Vegas, I'm sure he's going to put together an offer. Uh, the owners would have to approve, but having a guy like LeBron James makes the franchise even more attractive, I would think. So I think it has – I mean, I, again, I don't know who else might be bidding really? on this. Are there Charlotte Bobcats attractive? Uh, they became more attractive when Jordan bought them, yeah. Haven't won, but that doesn't mean they weren't attractive, no. I don't think anybody really cares unless you're in Charlotte about the Charlotte Bobcats. I don't think anyone goes, I'm going to follow them because Michael Jordan's the owner. It doesn't make them more interesting or increase ticket prices because Michael Jordan's the owner. I don't know that people would. I mean, I think that Las Vegas is is sexy enough without whoever the owner is. The Los Los Angeles Lakers with Jeannie Buss. Well, Nobody Jeannie Buss is LeBron James. LeBron James is a lot bigger figure than Jeannie Buss. She, he is the same right. as Michael but Jordan. But the Lakers though. are a lot bigger than anybody else in the NBA as far as popularity. And it's not because of their owner. No, it's because, because of the all, Lakers. Because of all the championships they've won. But sure. that's, that's apples and oranges. We're talking about an expansion team. That well, they don't that's have a moot point. <laughs> they don't have the, the history. Right. But the Charlotte Bobcats... The only thing, the only way the Charlotte Bobcats are going to be interesting is if they start winning games, and they haven't done that yet, so nobody really cares. Or do you check that in the box score too while you're looking at baseball attendance in Seattle? I do check that. <laughs> when, when Jordan first took over, they became a much more interesting franchise. They probably were on TV a little bit more, not a lot more. They probably got free. I'm trying to think of some of the. <laughs> no, free they're not. Charlotte's on took, TV more. I think because. When Jordan maybe that one year, maybe yeah, well, that one year, so they could the show Jordan in the audience. Well, how often do you bench. see Charlotte Bobcat? You're right, but how often do you see Charlotte on television, on, on national televi- televised games? Nowadays, hardly at all. But when he uh, when he got there, mm-hmm. winning takes care of everything. I don't think I don't think you need it with again. I don't think you need it in Las Vegas. What I'm getting at is, I think that yeah, yeah. that being in Las Vegas is sexy enough, no matter who the owner is. I think he just elevates it a little bit if LeBron's behind it. Just everything that he maybe. brings, and maybe some maybe on maybe. Twitter, maybe on Twitter. But I'm talking about as far as attendance and um, people interested in the games, watching the games, buying jerseys. They're not buying, you know, Las Vegas franchise jerseys because LeBron James is the owner. Makes no. it maybe a little more interesting, like on the onset, but I think people get over that really, really quickly. I think So I- if LeBron James wants to buy a team, do you think that he would have be favored by ownership to be the head of a group? I mean, I, I don't think that NBA, MLB owners are like, yeah, Magic Johnson's an owner. Well, this is great for our league. Again, it's, it's different when Magic takes over a team like the Dodgers, who have a history there. When I think about LeBron, it makes the team more interesting, which could result in attracting better free agents that they might get because oh. of LeBron. Oh, you're not going to have a problem with free agents in Las Vegas. Think, you might, you, you, if now, it would make sense for LeBron to own something in maybe Seattle. Seattle isn't a hotbed for free agency in any sport, really. But either is, I don't think Vegas is. How many free agencies is he going to the Raiders or even to the Las Vegas Knights? I know you don't follow hockey, but I don't think there's been a real big influx just because they're playing in Las Vegas. I think, you know what? I don't know. I'd have to go back and check and see what the Raiders have done. I, I can't answer that question right now because I'm too busy checking the attendance at baseball stadiums all night long. <laughs> Sorry that bothers you. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's just I'm, I'm it kind you. of wondering who I'm doing a radio show with the last 20 years. I check, who are you? I, when I check the baseball box, I check all the Hawaii guys. 
That's one of the first things I do. And I was upset that Rico Garcia didn't pitch an awful ball tomorrow in a doubleheader against Toronto on Monday. Uh, Josh Rojas led off the game last night with a home run for Arizona. I checked that, but I do, I do check attendance. I don't remember them all. The three I remember mostly are the three really bad teams as far as getting under 10,000 a game. Mm. But it is big news. I mean, if it does happen for Las Vegas and Seattle, the other thing I was thinking of, Chris, though, is, is you know, when the last time the NBA, I guess, expanded, they, some people think maybe it's a diluted product because you don't have enough great player or good good enough players. And I think there might have been something to that then. Right now, mm-hmm. there's so many good players in the NBA that I think there is enough talent that if you started these teams, just like, for example, next year in 2023, and every team loses two players with the draft and free agency, just like the Las Vegas Knights, their first year, they went to the Stanley Cup finals. And which is incredible. I don't think that and would that happen was a in fluke. basketball. That was a fluke. It was, it was a little bit of a fluke. Not, it was a, a fluke. Goal. They had a bunch of washed-up guys no, on their team, didn't. and all of a sudden they pulled together. That's no, what you didn't. told me no, after that's reading I, box I, scores. I didn't say washed-up players. What, <laughs> you, the, they had a bunch of old veterans, right? They, Who's they their goalie? A, who was their goalie? Mar- uh, Flurry from Pittsburgh. He was a Stanley Cup winner, and that's my point. The expansion draft rules were different. They changed it then, so actually Vegas were able to draft better players than they usually are. I forget the rules before, but usually you're allowed to lose one player, and uh-huh. you can protect like 10 or 15. It was different for Vegas, and they got a much better expansion team roster than almost any team with an expansion draft in history. That's one of the reasons. It wasn't. It was a little bit of a fluke, but their goalie was a big difference. Uh Flurry again, uh, Mark 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 Andrew Flurry. I forget his first name, but they, that's one of the big differences there. So, but I, I think Vegas would do. I don't know if it would attract free agents. So that's one thing necessarily more than any other city. I mean, people love to go I to think L.A. It would. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would. But I mean, think of also. Okay, as we always bring up the no, uh, what a call, no uh, state tax. Right, uh, real estate is very very cheap. You can as a it's it's why everybody lives in in uh, in Florida. It's why all the professional athletes live in Florida. There's no state tax, and you can buy you know for Hawaii, in Hawaii, you can get a really nice house in Kahala, a really nice one, with you know your swimming pool and gated fence and all that. You can live like Artie Wilson, and <laughs> and you can you can buy that house for three million dollars. Well, I'll tell you what. For $3 million, you can get a house three times the size with a huge lot in Nevada, up on a hill somewhere. Do they have hills in Nevada? Yeah, sure they do. But, I mean, they, I mean, you would get – it's unbelievable how far your wealth can go in the state of Nevada. But I if think making, that brings in a lot of free agents. If you're making $30 million a year, I'm not sure if you're worried about getting a discount on real estate, though. I just think yeah, but you're ta- I'm not talking discount. I'm talking twice as twice to three times as much in some of these other places. And it's a sexy place to live. They have the best restaurants, the best clubs, the nightlife. The if you're single, the you know all the nightlife and all that goes on. But so does New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami, even Houston to a certain extent. They have a lot of that too. Yeah, but listen, listen to the places where you have to live. New York, very expensive. Chicago, very expensive. Miami, yes, that's cool. A lot of guys want to go to Miami. I, mean, I mentioned that that a lot of people want to go to Florida. I think but, Nevada opens it up, and you're yeah. you're and you're, you're you know you're a superstar, and you want you're making fifty million dollars a year. You can have a lot of that in your pocket when your career is done if you live somewhere like Miami or Nevada. It's uh, nineteen minutes after the hour here. Hey, uh, coming up. 
Uh, the Wahine on the Rise celebration continues. You can join myself and uh, every single one of the Rainbow Wahine teams uh, will be represented at UH's Field Day. It's going to be lots of fun with activities, this time for parents and Keiki. Parents get involved, too. It's at T.C. Ching Field Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Get this. The first 500 kids get a free T-shirt. Uh, Hawaii Dental Service, HDS, is giving away 500 mouth guards. Keiki and parents, you fill out a stamp card, you, div- you know, visit all the different stations, and you get a free ticket to Wahine Volleyball against USC Saturday night while supplies last. I think they're giving out like 1,000 tickets. Uh, there'll also be a live DJ, hot dogs, and snacks for sale, too. It's the uh, UH Field Day, Saturday, 4 to 6. This is ESPN Honolulu. And this just in, a survey shows almost 50 million Americans plan to bet on the NFL this season. We'll talk about that and more coming up with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. According to an ESPN article, a survey shows 46.6 million Americans plan to bet on the NFL this season. And before we get to that, breaking news, breaking news, Gary. Are you ready for this? First, we're talking about expansion in the NBA, Seattle to Las Vegas. Uh, That's expected to be announced, uh, they say, at a Lakers-Clippers preseason game. And now the Houston Texans are in the news because um, at their Houston Texans games, they have a new uh, menu item. It's called the Flamin' Hot Fried Pickle. Yeah, it's a fried pickle. It's a deep-fried pickle soaked in cherry and blueberry Kool-Aid, and it's on a bed of jalapeno ranch. That sounds actually pretty good. It sounds good for a couple of bites. Pass. I don't know if you eat the whole thing. Well, you got to try it, right? Maybe a bite or two. Yeah, the Kool-Aid part I like. I'm not sure about a pickle and Kool-Aid, though. Ah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Aramark, for uh, coming up with a great snack. So the um, I see this article when I wake up this morning. 46.6 million Americans are going to bet on the NFL season. And it seems like a huge number, right? I mean, almost 50 million do- uh, people. Yeah, it's yeah. only up 3 It's up 3% from last year. It doesn't seem like a big increase. But get this. Um, more than 50 billion dollars more than 50 billion dollars has been bet on sports with american sports books already this year more than 50 billion dollars in football season hasn't even hit if you want if you're a state that doesn't have sports gambling i think you're missing the boat and there's only a few that don't you're really missing the boat here there's a lot of money out there that people will pour into the economy if people could bet legally in hawaii think of all the things we could do for our roads for our kids in school the list go the quality of life the list goes on and on that or a yeah. lottery are very important i think they would help and it's just it's so when you mention that and so many states are doing it as you said it's so sad that again perfect phrase we're missing the boat so much money could be made to help in a lot of areas and uh it is pretty sad that it's not going on i don't know if it'll ever change here i wonder you know i wonder you know in in, in i mean there's still a bunch of states that don't let's see here 31 states 
D.C. and Puerto Rico have um, legal betting markets. So there's a lot that don't, but that's just sports betting. There's other ones that have lotteries and, you know, that don't have maybe sports betting. Everybody has but, a lottery, I think, except for and, us and I think it, Utah. And, I'm, and, and maybe I'm – see, I don't understand how this works. Do our politicians who we vote into office because we want them to represent us, right? They, we want our politicians – to represent our um, our desires. That's a stupid word. You know what I mean? To, to represent our interests, right? Yeah. When I vote for Kurt Favela, and I say, I don't need no cheerleader. <laughs> I just need someone who votes for what I like. <laughs> like, get the Red Hill guys, Favela. <laughs> right? So I want to, when, when, you, when you vote for somebody, you hope that they would represent what you want. I'm wondering if people, Listening, not, not not listening. People listening, I, I think they're they're fine with sports betting. I'd like to hear a text or phone call at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty on why we should not have sports betting. Are we really worried about the guy who's going to bet his paycheck and not feed his kids? And I don't know all the evils of legalized gambling in mainland cities because there's a lot I hear. Um, so I, I, I don't have the whole story. I just know that on the positive side, it could help a lot of people. It could help our economy. It could help a lot. It would create job, more jobs, although nobody wants to work anymore, so that's kind of out the window. I would think, though, the evils that we're talking about, and there are probably a lot more prevalent for illegal gambling than legal gambling. Legal gambling, I think, kind of curtails that hopefully a little bit. And in every city that has it, uh, and again, if you want to make a bet anywhere, you can. Again, it might not be legal, but it's not like you're reading story after story after story about people losing their house and home, although you keep hearing that that's what people say, why you shouldn't gamble or shouldn't be allowed, but you don't hear all those horror stories that go on. I mean, if you're betting a lot more than you have, you're going to be in trouble, but you can do it illegally as well as legally. So if you have it legal, legally legalized, at least a lot of people will benefit from that, meaning the state. Yeah, I mean, think of all the taxes they're going to heap up on that. I mean, you think our gasoline is bad. I mean, you think the sin tax is bad here, then the gasoline taxes. Think what they'll do with gambling. I would, If I was a politician, I'd be licking my chops. Uh, we got a guest coming up, but Nate's on the line. Let's go to that real quick. Hi, Nate. Hey, how you doing? Hi. How's it? Good, 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 good. I don't know. I, I don't think there's any reason we shouldn't have gambling or, you know, sports betting. But I've heard that the reason that we don't is because the special interest and lobbyists from Las Vegas. Yes. Right. That lines that lines the pockets of our our, our you know of whoever be our governor or anybody else you know our our politicians. Mm-hmm. They get big 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 uh, drawbacks from being able to keep our gambling in Vegas. So our gambling and our our money there goes to Vegas, not here. So yeah, that's a that's a. That's a, that's a, that's a I think that's a that's maybe the main one. Nate, thank you for listening today. Have a great day today. The um, and that's and that's what we hear too. If Hawaii had sports betting, though, would we stop going to Las Vegas? No, Michael Moore. So, yeah, 
I mean, you, you're, so, you're so interested in – I mean, you're not just going to Vegas for gambling. We talk to so many people. That it's not like everybody goes there just to gamble. There's so, I mean, go to a Raiders game. You can go shopping. You can go to a show. There's just so many – restaurants. There's so many other reasons. And it's not going to prevent people or stop people in big numbers from going there. I think that's a, sta- a comment that we've heard so many times over the years, and I don't put a lot into that. But I'd like to hear a politician directly answer that question. Yeah, and I think they have in the past. I, I'd like to. I do, I, I'm going to look more into that. We're out of time now. We'll talk more about this later. It's it just fascinates me. It really yeah, fascinates yeah. me. Uh, also, the L.A. Rams fascinate a lot of people. Uh, we got Rich Hammond from. Uh, he's got a L.A. Rams podcast called uh, Eleven Personnel. He's coming up next here, and later on, stated about eight o'clock this morning, we got the Rivals Fantasy Football Show presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. You can ask our weekly fantasy expert today. It is Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. So he can help you with advice on your team. We've got NFL memorabilia we'll be giving away. It all starts from 8 o'clock this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman with Chris Hart on this Wednesday morning, which means tomorrow is the start of the NFL season. I think it puts a smile on a lot of faces as the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams will be at home and will be acknowledged by the national audience as they play the Buffalo Bills. We're going to get into more Rams talk now as we are joined by the co-host of the 11 Personnel Rams podcast on ESPN Honolulu with us, Rich Hammond. And Rich, I very rarely would think I would ask a question about a Rams game at home and the weather. But it's about the heat. They've been getting a really bad heat wave there. Is that at all a concern for tomorrow's game? Yeah, it's a a concern for me, guys. I'll tell you that much. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's been north of uh, 100 degrees up here for the last few days, which, look, I mean, I'm I'm very grateful to have my – the home that the home that I do and uh, comfortable here, but yeah, it's and you know the Rams have been practicing in that for the last uh, couple days. I, I guess is the one positive thing they don't have an indoor facility, so they've been out there uh, in the in the midday heat getting ready for this. SoFi Stadium, a little bit unique in in that it, it's uh, you know it's an outdoor stadium in the sense that it's open ended on both ends, but it also does have a roof on it. Uh, and the game will start at about 5 o'clock local time. So I would expect the temperatures would be down to, to somewhat reasonable uh, areas. But, you know, you guys are just going to have to watch it. You're going to have to have hydrate. You're, you're going to have to you know, make sure you're not in no signs of cramping up early on, especially in the first game of a season. This is not week four, week five, where you're kind of getting into it. This is the first time for some of these guys getting into it really since the Super Bowl. So they're just going to have to be really careful, uh, especially early in the game, I think. And no air conditioning, I understand, at SoFi Stadium. No, because it's interesting. It's a, they, they call it kind of an indoor-outdoor stadium because when you, when you come in, there's certainly a large roof over your head, but, but the end zones are, are open air. Uh, so most of the time it's very nice, and, and there's actually parts of the, of the roof that they can open up to allow some, some air in. So it's very well designed and, and very nice. I, I have a feeling this will be the only time this season that, that it could be an issue, but uh, unfortunately for the Rams, it's the first game of the season. 
I would think this might be the only time this year that the Rams are underdogs at home. I know they're playing Buffalo, a popular pick to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, but it still surprises me that the Rams are underdogs at home. Yeah, a little bit. And, and you know what? Uh, any Rams fans who are hearing this are probably going to get angry at me for saying this, but but Sean McVay is undefeated in, in openers uh, since 2017. He's never lost an opener. Now, this is probably, I, I would say, easily the, the toughest opener that, that he's faced uh, as, as Rams coach. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's more of a compliment to Buffalo. I, I would say I don't think it's really a slight to the Rams, but, but people obviously uh, saw the, the progress that Buffalo made last year, loved the quarterback, Josh Allen, the top-ranked offense. The defense uh, also very strong. Von Miller coming in from the Rams. So I don't really see it as a slap at the Rams necessarily, but uh, certainly the people think very highly of the Buffalo Bills and, and their potential to, to be a Super Bowl team this season. You can check out Rich Hammond's podcast, 11 Personnel. It's all about the L.A. Rams. You can also check him out on Twitter at Rich underscore Hammond as he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu talking Rams football. As far as the losses in the offseason, roster personnel, who is the biggest loss? I mean, I know Von Miller, as you mentioned, going to Buffalo. Who else is a big loss for these Rams? Yeah, I would say Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. I mean, we thought the guy Mm. was going to play forever, right? And then Mm. finally retires at 40 years old. So that's a big one, especially when you are so pass-reliant as the Rams are. Uh, They feel good about Joseph Noteboom stepping in there. He's a guy who's been around for the last uh, four years or so. Uh, just the issue is he's never been out there in, in live action like this at left tackle. So it's a little bit different. He's been playing guard uh, at, at times over the last couple of years and has done well, gotten good reviews, but it's a little bit different when you're out there on that island uh, for the first time and, and you've got some of these pass rushers uh, that, that the Buffalo Bills uh, are going to bring. So that would be a big one for me. And then just, you know, Robert Woods uh, did get traded. They replaced him with Allen Robinson, and, and the Rams feel good about that move. Uh, the only thing I would just say is that Robert Woods did a lot of other things beyond just catching the ball and running with it. I mean, he was such an excellent uh, run blocker, for one. He was just a, a, a very accurate route runner. He could he could run any any route in the tree. Uh, so I do think there's a little bit of a loss there, but the Rams think that's going to be compensated equally, if not more, uh, by what Allen Robinson can bring. So I, I will be very curious to see how that dynamic plays out. Obviously, they have Cooper Cup on the other side, and, and he's an all-world receiver, uh, but they do need that strong second option on, on the other side. So I'll be very curious to see how that uh, Robert Woods for Allen Robinson basically trade-off uh, works out for the Rams. I know a lot of Rams fans are curious if they'll also have a guy named Odell Beckham Jr. on their team at any point. Where do they stand with him? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a unique situation. He's, he's probably going to be out for the first half of the season, at least with recovering from that ACL. I, I don't think there's a sense of urgency from the Rams. And honestly, guys, if I'm Odell, I'm okay with this. You know, let it play out for a little bit longer. I, it, it's an unfortunate reality of the NFL, but there are going to be injuries, uh, you know, and teams are going to look up after week three or four and realize, uh-oh, you know, either we have an injury or our receiver group isn't as strong as we thought it was or we need more help there. And then suddenly Odell's sitting in a pretty good spot as, as somebody who's there as a free agent, uh, you know, fielding offers. So I, I still think the Rams are confident that they can get something done there. Uh, but, hey, Odell's got to be in business for himself, too, and, and if some team – uh, you know, has a need and comes to him with a better offer, I'm, I'm certain his ears would be open. 
You mentioned how Allen Robinson comes over in one of the new additions. Also on the defensive side, they get linebacker Bobby Wagner. Had a great career in Seattle. I understand he's also one of the team captains. Yeah, big move for the Rams because it's not a position inside linebacker that they've really invested in uh, during the during the Sean McVay era, at least. And a big swing uh, to bring in a, a very experienced uh, middle linebacker. He will wear that, uh, the, we call it the green dot that's actually on his helmet, which means he's the one who's getting the communication uh, from the sidelines. So he will be kind of the, the coach on the field, so to speak, to, to help get guys get lined up and, and things like that. Um, so it's a big move for the Rams, but one I think they, they felt they needed to make because, in, in part because uh, they realized how teams were starting to attack them uh, over the middle with, with some of these slot receivers, tight ends, whatever it may be. And, and they'd been getting by. I mean, obviously they won the Super Bowl, so uh, you can't complain too much. But, but that, that had been one area where if you looked at that Rams defense, you said, well, they could probably shore that up. They could probably stand to, to, to strengthen that position. And, and they took a really big swing. In, in bringing in Bobby Wagner. So I, I think it'll work. I think it's a great move. I think he uh, also brings that leadership uh, that, that you lose by uh, guys like Von Miller going out, Andrew Whitworth going out. Uh, he's a great guy in the locker room, rallies guys around him. So I, I think that's a good move for the Rams, and I think he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Rich Hammond is the co-host of the 11 Personnel LA Rams podcast, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. You hear fairly often when a team wins the Super Bowl, it's very hard to repeat. you got a target on your back. Everybody's bringing their A game the next season. What do you think will be the biggest deterrent, if there is one, for the Rams to repeat as Super Bowl champs? Well, I, I think you got to look at Matthew Stafford. And, I mean, there, there's a lot of chatter over the last couple of months here about his elbow. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Can he throw it full? Will go is, is this going to pop up again at some point during the season and you really don't know guys and I mean I'm, I'm not saying here I'm not saying that to be speculative or to you know have a hot take or anything but uh, th- there's no assurance uh, that, that this won't pop up again at some point they feel good about it right now they did a good job of managing it uh, throughout training camp he didn't throw it all in any preseason games which was part of the plan uh, so they feel as good as you can feel about it right now uh, but you just don't know what's going to happen. It's just like a pitcher in baseball. You can you can feel fine, and then one throw, and all of a sudden, uh-oh, there's, there's something wrong there. So I'm not trying to raise unnecessary panic there, but, but it is a situation that they're going to have to kind of hope goes well for them because if it doesn't, then that's a huge wrench. I mean, you can't have that drop-off uh, at quarterback and, and expect that offense to keep going the way that they're used to uh, having it go. So I, I would say by far, you know, keeping Matthew Stafford on that field and keeping him healthy is, is going to be a huge determinant uh, as to whether they, they make another playoff run. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow at SoFi Stadium. Rich, stay cool if possible with all that heat up there. We thank you for joining us again. All right. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Thank you. Rich Hammond. Uh, co-host of the 11 Personnel LA Rams podcast, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, the Rams broadcast will be on CBS 1500 tomorrow for Thursday night football. Start time? Uh, kickoff is at 2.20. I believe the pregame is at 2. I'll double-check on the pregame. Hey, you can join us again for the really big road show, number two, at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Kanoa Leahy and Josh Pacheco and Gary and I are going to be there. Our guests, live uh, on-location guests, uh, Ezekiel Lau, Coach Rich Hill, uh, former Rainbow Warrior basketball star Alika Smith, and a lot more, all live on location. 
at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. It's Thursday, a week from tomorrow, September 15th at 3 p.m. We'll have uh, lots of uh, Heineken on special and Dos Equis as well. See ya at the Really Big Road Show from ESPN Honolulu. I can't wait because uh, Buy or Sell is coming up on ESPN Honolulu with uh, star of the show Tanner Hayworth doing a great job. He's working uh, long, long hours, so we have to be nice to Tanner. Doing a great job here at ESPN Honolulu. I am sometimes. (laughs) That's true. Just kidding. Sometimes. Yeah. Hey, hope you're having a great day today. Weather-wise, it's going to be mostly sunny today, high again in the upper 80s. Trades 10 to 20, but those trades are going to die down for a few days starting tonight. It's going to be, uh, well, just get outside this weekend if you can. All right. Um, I was checking out the practice squads because I was, I've never been interested in hard knocks before. I've tried watching it a few times, and I got a chance to watch the Detroit Lions hard knocks, which was very, very interesting. They had the season finale yesterday. Eminem shows up at camp, which was very cool. But it got me interested in now the practice squads because after the teams make their cuts last week, then they call guy, they put them on waivers. If you're claimed off waivers, you go to whatever team and try out for them. If not, the team that puts you on waivers can put you on their practice squad. And the only one I can find from Hawaii, and uh, this is probably an incomplete list, the only uh, Hawaii Thai practice squad player I got is, Nata- is Natani Muti. Remember the offensive lineman oh, yeah. from Fresno State? He is on the practice squad for the Denver Broncos. But there are some interesting names, like Danny Shelton, former first-round pick. He's a practice squad player now for the Chiefs. Wow. Taco Charlton, former first-round pick. He's now in the practice squad for the Saints. And Josh Gordon is on his ninth team in four (laughs) years, or whatever it is. Josh Gordon is on the practice squad for the Tennessee Titans. Interesting. Uh, by the way, uh, for, if you are a Hard Knocks fan, you probably saw Khalil Pimpleton uh, got picked up by the New York Giants. So he's on the Giants practice squad. And the Vikings took David Blau, the backup quarterback, who was very popular. His wife was a sprinter. Yeah. It was picked up by Minnesota, but I don't see him on the depth chart or the practice squad. So anyway, interesting stuff. We'll be back on ESPN Honolulu. Ah, I got good news. I, I missed a Hawaii guy on practice squads in the NFL. Myron Tongavailoa Amosa made the Raiders practice squad. That's great news. The guy is just a tweener, but you know what? These are these are guys that are that the teams really like, but they're not quite ready yet, and they want to develop you. I, I I I think it's it's a great I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of these guys. I mean, they're still employed they work out with the team uh during the nfl season they earn over eleven thousand dollars a week i mean that's if you're on the practice squad for the entire year you're making two hundred thousand dollars so you're still making good money yeah for a young player it's it's good if you're a veteran it's almost like being on the jv team when you're a junior in high school that's not where you really want to be if you're a veteran though no it's not but you you do have a chance i mean what would you rather do being on a practice squad or go sell insurance Nothing against selling insurance, <laughs> but I think a lot of athletes would rather be professional athletes. For example, Josh Rosen. I mean, he's not going to play anyway. 
You might as well, you know, go yeah, yeah. and go make your nine to five football. But they would, I'm sure they'd rather be a starter or on the active roster every week, if not a starter. You think? Two. You think? Well, I don't think they want to insur- sell insurance. Gary think- Dickman, right there. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! They'd, they'd You're the one who says nobody wants to sell be, insurance. Well, I think we know be, that. <laughs> they'd rather be on the 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 53 man roster than practice squad. No, no, no! Keep me on the practice squad, please. Let someone else have a chance. No, no. Sell, let's sell insurance. Let's say sell insurance or the practice squad. That's a tough choice, there, Chris. Yeah, you, you got me on that, too. All right, let's go for it, Tanner. The Bobby Curran Show presents Buy or Sell. Well, we know Jake Fromm definitely has a good job in for State Farm because he could be Jake, Jake Fromm, from State Farm. Jake from where? State Farm. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into Buy or Sell today with that terrible joke. The Bills, the, the Bills are heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl this season, them having plus 600 odds, the best odds according to ESPN, and several NFL analysts and ESPN analysts analysts, pretty much uh-huh. saying it's the Bills, they're going to win the Super Bowl, doesn't matter who comes from the NFC. When you look at the top five odds to win the Super Bowl, you got the Buffalo Bills, the Buccaneers, the Rams, Chiefs, and the Packers all in the top five. Buy or sell, none of the fi- none of these five teams will win the Super Bowl this year. Oh. That's almost them like against the field. Them. It's uh-huh. them against the field. I say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to sell that. I think one of those – I think – you know, I would put the Chargers above the Green Bay Packers. The Chargers are number or, six, by the way. Right, but the or the Kansas City Chiefs. Even Ugh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that. It's got to be one of the because I don't see the Denver Broncos winning the Super Bowl, the Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, Eagles, etc. I'm gonna sell one of those teams at least be in the Super Bowl, and I'll just guess that one of them wins. I'm gonna buy that as well. I, I mean, I know Buffalo is the popular pick right now, and rightfully so. I just don't know if they're going to be the team, but when you include the others, I think it will be one of those. Yes, I'm buying. Buy or sell? The Cowboys, who are at ten in that list, will have a lot of will have a little bit of issues on offense as they basically dealed away their one other top receiver, another receiver. They dealt away. They in Amari Cooper. They traded him away. Yes, and then they also have Michael Gallup coming off of injury. They have Tyron Smith, their franchise left tackle, who's going to be out for significant time due to a torn ACL, and they'll have to rely on a rookie left tackle who a lot of people agree that was more of a reach in the first round. Buy or sell, the Cowboys will need to have an elite defense to carry their team to the playoffs. I'm going to sell that. I don't think they have to be elite for a couple of reasons. One, they're in a not too difficult division. Besides the Eagles, you got two teams that pretty certain won't even be 500 or anywhere close to it. Well, Washington could be. So I don't think you need to be elite to make the playoffs. Their big concern is Philadelphia in that division. They can just have a good defense. If they're healthy on offense, Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. And I think they can make the playoffs with a good defense as opposed to elite. So I'm selling that. I'm going to I'm going to sell it I uh, because so many teams make the playoffs. Even though you have Michael Gallup who is out, 
you have weapons like uh, I tentatively say Ezekiel Elliott, but I think Tony Pollard is a, a stud. C.D. Lamb, although he's questionable this week, he'll play. You have C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, one of the uh, top tight ends in the um, in the uh, top tight ends in the NFL. I think you still have some weapons. Yes, your offensive line could be better, but I don't think this is going to be something that really keeps the guys out of the defense. Now, I'm out of the um, out of the playoffs. On the defensive side of the ball, Anthony Barr, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Trayvon Diggs is a Pro Bowl-type player. I mean, they do have a good defense. I think that they, you know, looking at the Cowboys' schedule, especially, you know, while uh, Michael Gallup is out for a little while, I think that they'll, you know, they got Washington, New York, Detroit and Chicago, they got four easy ones and four hard ones in the game. If they go five and three, I think they'll be fine. I'm sorry, that was so long. Buy or sell. And finally, yesterday, the AP polls were released where at the top of the list, we saw Georgia rise up one spot to have that number two ranking after destroying Oregon in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Now, yesterday I talked about Georgia and Alabama meeting in the national championship. Buy or sell, Georgia will usurp Alabama as the best team in college football this season. Oh, what a great question! Can I say I don't know? <laughs> Usually, do I'm selling. I still, I mean, from, I mean, not going by one week necessarily, but everything that's been said about Alabama is that they're even better than last year, which is something we hear almost every year. And until proven otherwise, I'm going with Alabama. Georgia lost so much, and I know they got a lot of talent still. Oh, I'll go with oh. Alabama right now. I'm going to going to sell because unlike Gary, I actually did watch the uh, Georgia Oregon game, and Stenson Stetson Bennett. Bennett Stenson, whatever their quarterback sure name is, it. boy, he was—he uh, looked really, really good. I've never seen him like that before. Remember, Oregon is a one of the top-ranked teams in the country. I think they were at number twelve or whatever Not they now. were. They were eleven, right? They, they right, but I, whatever it was, what I'm saying is, it was a nationally ranked team. They lost a lot, but again, they're like Alabama. They have top recruiting classes year after year after year i mean they've got running game they've got the receivers uh isn't that where marvin harrison jr is i think he's at ohio state oh okay i'm confusing uh, them but georgia is they don't have 15 nfl draft picks this year but they don't need them i think i think they're gonna pass up alabama i really do buy or sell. Sell, sell sell and that's buy or sell on espn honolulu Oh, you know, the uh, um, he brings up the AP poll, and so Georgia moves up to number two. Number one is Alabama. They got 44 votes. Uh, number two is Georgia with 17. Ohio State is number three. So Ohio State was number two before, right? They've yeah, they kind of moved down. Yeah. Just because they struggled in that first half against Notre Dame. But, you know, no shame there. Michigan is number four. <laughs> hey, remember now, uh, Hawaii, if you guys want to see off, the uh, football team go down to the uh, University of Hawaii campus, the Stan Sheriff Center parking lot. That's the one in the back. So when you're coming down into lower campus, instead of turning left, 
to go into the parking structure. I guess you would drive straight, but there's nowhere to park, so I don't know where you park. But anyway, if you want to go see off the team, it's a little tiny baby parking lot behind the Stan Sheriff Center. You can, uh, you know, wave tea leaves and stuff like that and send the team off in style. Show them uh, your aloha for them if you got a chance today. It's from like 1.30 to 2 p.m., okay? Uh, Clemson is number five. I don't know if Clemson's number the fifth best team in the country. Do you? I don't think we know a lot, a lot about a lot of teams after just one game. I mean, just going back for a second, Ohio I'm just watching, State. I'm just getting it like um, games that I like. I didn't see Texas A&M, so I can't really comment on them. But they beat an FCS school, so it's hard to comment mm. on that. But you look at mm. Ohio State; they beat a number five team by eleven. And they're getting they drop a spot. That's hard to do, even though Georgia being a ranked team as well. I, I don't think Oregon deserved to be in the top twenty five. I don't know what it was I mean, I know what it was based on, but it's just so much that goes into these polls that is so inaccurate come a few weeks later. I think Oregon's this year's example will probably be about three yeah. or four more. Clemson's offense did not look great in the first three quarters of that game on Monday night. They looked okay. But that's why you answered your oh, I'm sorry. Well, about Clemson, I'm agreeing with you. Like you just said, you don't know about Clemson either. Their offense, their defense is really good, but their offense didn't show a whole lot. I mean, I know they ended up with 41 points. I think they right. had three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And give them credit for that. They're a good team. I'm just not sold on them offensively yet, not after that game. Well, I'm not sold on the quarterback, whose name is? Yeah. DJ U. He's a... Uh... <laughs> Second I'm time sorry, now I'm forgetting how to Uwe say Galele. it. Uyungalele. Uyungalele. Yeah. <laughs> he did not look DJ Uyungalele. Boy, that guy came with a lot of hype. He had the big NIL with Dr. Pepper last year. Yeah. Who's on the Dr. Pepper commercials now? Bryce Young. You know more do DJ Uyungalele. You he don't came, see him. Number one quarterback in the country in high school. Yeah. Almost like Josh Rosen was. I know I'm not comparing Look, him, but I just he didn't do great last year. He did great when he filled in for Trevor Lawrence when he got hurt as his freshman right. year. But since then and they had a lot of injuries on the O line last year. So you can give him a little bit of a pass on that. But Monday night you know I didn't think he looked great. Here's a guy that is big, strong, athletic, yet I don't see him running the ball at all. Shouldn't he take off and run sometimes? Maybe I'm not watching close enough. He had a touchdown run in the third quarter he, where he back kind of almost backed into the end zone. I, he doesn't look like a very strong runner. I know he's still a good quarterback. I don't think he's one of the elite ones. And you no know, his pass, some of those passes that were missed, you can't blame them all on the receivers. So I, I yeah. think he's good, but I don't think he's a great quarterback, which means their offense I don't think will be great either when they get into some of those tough battles later on. Now, the reason that Ohio State moved from number two to number three is because, well, Georgia dominated a ranked team. Ohio State, they were down, what was it, 10-7? to 7? They were down 10-7 to 7 in the third quarter. At halftime, right, right, right. And then I think Notre Dame started getting greedy, and they, they got outside of themselves. They were running a great defensive plan and uh, playing in zone and dropping those safeties. If you're watching the game, they kept pointing that out. And then they stopped all of a sudden. But anyway... Um, the AP uh, poll goes like this, Alabama, then Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, number four, Clemson, Texas A&M is number six, um, Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma Sooners are number seven. How did he look? I didn't see anything on the Oklahoma game. I missed it. 
he had two touchdown passes. I believe he rushed for one. His numbers were really good. I only saw the highlights of that game, too. He looked good. I mean, you, you, I, I think, you know, when you look at Oklahoma, they've been so great with Lincoln Riley the last how many years. New coaching staff, and they've got a big turnover in players as well. We're talking about Hawaii with 53. It's not like that, but they've got a number of new players on their team. So for him, though, first game, he looked really good. And there's an article at Sports Illustrated written about him uh, with all of his family members. I think he had 12 family members at the game, and it was a really big deal from just coming out of the tunnel and witnessing the atmosphere there he said yeah the uh notre dame drops from five to number eight that linebacker see foul uh i think he's a first round draft choice number eight the guy that looks like troy palomalu yeah. so what a great what a great looking player if they only drop three spots for that loss because they played a really good team. How come Ohio State drops? I know why Georgia, how Georgia won and everything, but it's almost it almost doesn't add up where Ohio State drops a spot and Notre Dame only drops three, meaning those were two really good teams. Yet Georgia overtakes Ohio State. Yeah, but but Notre Dame was much more respected. Uh, they were a top five team. Oregon was not. That's my point. Then why did Ohio State drop a spot? Because Ohio wait Ohio State played Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And Georgia played Oregon. I, I, th- I think Oregon was Because Oregon. I guess because people watch you, – you didn't see the games. Yeah, I did. So people who watched the games who were voting on this, I'm guessing they watched the games, they saw something in Georgia. They thought that, uh, you know, 17 of them said, hey, first place vote. I think they're number one team in the country. Um, it's not automatic that, you know, since you lose, you move here. Since you win, you move there. Dave Aranda's Baylor Bears are number nine. I wonder – and here's what I wonder. And some of these teams, and you said it a few minutes ago, teams that are going to move down, right? They're here because it's on paper, who's returning, blah, blah, blah. So I'm wondering if Baylor is for real. I hope they are. I wonder if USC is for real. They're ranked number 10. I wonder if Florida is for real. They got a really good quarterback. is ranked number 12. What's that? They, they got a really good quarterback in Richardson, but the, the coaches poll Florida's 19th. I, I, I mean, sometimes you get you know differences like that. I wonder if Utah was maybe overhyped as the playoff contender, the best team in the Pac-12, and they lost but by one point, I think it was, or two points with an interception in the end zone right at the end of that game. Florida has a new coach, and Billy Napier comes over from Louisiana. They weren't good last year, so I'm surprised they ranked that high, but they upset the number seven team, number seven team in utah and that's why they're ranked where they are now coming out of nowhere yeah and it just and it just might be one of those things i mean here's a team wisconsin is number 19 often when i'm reading attendance uh <laughs> figures and box scores i come across articles on wisconsin football <laughs> hey wisconsin's supposed to be pretty good this year sure i think sure. they move up they dropped a spot with that law with that win i mean Right. Um, BYU is number 21. Ole Miss is uh, ranked number 22. Here's some teams. Houston is one of the group of five teams to watch for. We've been told that yesterday by our in, uh, one of our guests who are insiders in college football. But here's some teams who are show up in the top 25 that aren't usually residents of the poll. Houston, Tennessee, Wake Forest. BYU, Kentucky, Pittsburgh. I'll throw in Pittsburgh and Arkansas as well. I, I like when there's new blood. Yeah. Uh, I don't 
some of those te- BYU, I think, has been ranked in recent years. Tennessee has been getting better little by little the last few years. But one of the things when you look at these top 25 teams, at least in my opinion, Chris, is most of them played either cupcakes or somebody out of their conference that wasn't very competitive. I mean, USC, um, I'm trying to remember who they beat. Was it, was, it, uh, was it Rice that they beat, I believe, in that game? So Rice, yeah, Rice got beat up by somebody. And Bowling Green was the team that UCLA beat. You can't really judge these teams to me yet because they beat almost nobody. When they start playing teams either in their conference or a tough game like Georgia and Ohio State played, then you have a better sense on where they belong. Alabama, again, we hear they're great, but do we think they're better because they beat Utah State 55 nothing? Probably not. I don't know. You said you said they're the number one team in the country on yeah. by yourself 15 I'm, minutes ago. I'm saying I, I'm not going to judge them as being better by beating Utah State is my point. So that some of these <laughs> teams you can't really, you know, Oklahoma beat UTEP. UTEP, as you said yesterday, and I agree, they're bottom feeder in Conference USA. So do we know that that was a big win to elevate them wherever they are in the mm. rankings? You have to admit that that the that Alabama has the best offensive player, arguably, and unarguably the best defensive player in college football. Yeah. That's part of the reason you yeah, see yeah. him there. But not based not on the really... win necessarily. Right. So we're looking over the top 25, and where was Oregon ranked uh, 11th, last week? 11th. Do you remember? Yes. They go from 11 to off the off the they're not even the top 25 right it's just one loss but that goes to show you that oregon isn't the team uh we thought they were now cincinnati loses to arkansas by a touchdown and uh they are out of the rankings yeah they get votes and i guess they would be 29th you know if it went that far i I just think when you talk about like oregon not being who we thought they were i i think that's I don't think I thought anything of them. With a new coach and a lot of losses on their roster, you don't know what to expect from them. Cincinnati had quite a few losses as well from their team last year. Ritter, the quarterback, Sauce Gardner in the NFL. So you don't know what to make on some of these. You know, I think we'll have a much better gauge when they, again, when they play competitive teams. And I bet some of those teams that are getting votes now will probably overtake, let's say, a Wake Forest, who's in the ACC mm-hmm. and – I don't know if how how good Wake Forest will be. I know they got their quarterback back. Tennessee, as we said, a newcomer. Let's see if they remain in the top 25. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, we're going to look at the, uh, the your best bets for college football games coming up next year. Hey, the National Federation of State High School Associations, known uh, commonly known as the NFHS, is encouraging us to share the crisis text line with students in Hawaii. It provides 24-7 text-based mental health support and crisis intervention. Now, individuals are encouraged to text the keyword SHIELD to 741741 if they're experiencing a mental health crisis. Anything from suicidal thoughts or abusive relationships to difficult conversations with parents, anxiety about your workload at school, the texts are confidential. And this message is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and ESPN Honolulu. Okay, I'm going to look this up. I, I, we got the college football games to watch uh, this coming weekend, including Hawaii and Michigan, which you can hear on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, kickoff is at 2 o'clock. Countdown to kickoff will be down at Big City Diner YPO, and uh, that starts at 12 noon. I'm trying to find – I really like this kid, uh, Marist Liufau, 
from Notre Dame. I didn't even realize he was from Punahou. But uh, I'm try- I'm looking at a mock draft to see if, like, is he a first-round draft kind of guy? Is he draft eligible? Do you know what class he's in, Tanner? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I don't see him in the first round. Boy, he's a – when you talk about the get-off-the-bus first guy, uh, that's definitely uh, that guy. Anyway, looking at some of these and just going by rankings, right? I mean, it might be still early. We thought that the Oregon game was going to be a great game. Turned out it wasn't. But this week, number nine Baylor visits BYU. Is that? Is that? Well, it's a future Big 12 matchup, I guess, here it says at ESPN. But um, BYU at home against Baylor. You got number nine facing number 21 BYU. BYU at home. That's going to say a lot about both teams. I know that's kind of a cliche, but it really will because we don't really know where these guys are yet, right? Yeah, I don't know if it matters that much, but BYU is favored. I know they're at home, of course, three and a half points. I mean, Baylor coming off last year was so good. A uh, road game like that is really going to be a good test for them. You can't go by last week for either team, but that'll be a, that'll be one of the better matchups this weekend as far as two ranked teams and two teams we'll find out a lot more about, especially a tough road test for Baylor. Yeah, that's a and really you got number 20 Kentucky at number 12 Florida. Uh, I mean, it's two ranked teams, but are we chomping at the bit to see that game? No, no, not at all. But Kentucky has been good for a few years now. Uh, not Bob Stoops. I forget his first name. Mike Stoops, is it there? But they've done a pretty good job Billy. lately. Billy Stoops. Is it Billy Stoops? No. Oh, I can't remember now. Uh, Florida, I, I, I haven't been a – Junior I'm boy. A, <laughs> Junior boy Stoops. They, I don't. I think Florida has been overhyped the last several years. I didn't think Kyle Trask was really good. I know Kyle Pitts was, but not Kyle Trask, the quarterback who's now mm. in Tampa. I, I, I do think Kentucky's been pretty good though the last few years. Not going to win the SEC anytime soon, but they've been pretty good. Better for them. Yeah, and they've had they've had first round or second round draft choices. It seems like every year. Josh Allen, the linebacker with Jacksonville, was a first round draft pick. Yeah, a number of guys. Uh, Steelers linebacker like five years ago. I can't remember his name. He's not on the team anymore, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, number 24, Tennessee, takes on number 17, Pitt. One of these guys probably getting knocked out of the uh, national rankings. It's an important game. Yeah, and as you said earlier, like Tennessee, a newcomer to the top 25. Josh Heupel's there, and I, I guess they'll be better. They are better than they were three or four years ago when they were really, really bad. Pittsburgh, though, it's interesting because you lose your number one receiver. Jordan Addison goes to USC. You obviously lose Kenny Pickett. You lose your backup quarterback. You lose your offensive coordinator who goes to Nebraska at Mark Whipple, who uh, hasn't done wonders there. But still, they, do, they look good so far. Let's see what they do with a lot tougher test this week. I'm looking forward to those kind of matchups to find out more about these teams all right hey remember we got the uh rivals fantasy football show coming up at eight o'clock here and uh we are jeff erickson from rotowire is going to be our guest at about 8 20 so if you have a question and you want to get it in you can text now at 808-296-1420 and get in the front of the line or you can call uh jeff and then we've also got some nfl memorabilia uh to give away that's coming up 30 minutes from now Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk Rainbow Warrior football as they are heading off to Michigan. Remember, if you want to see the team off, you're invited to send them off in style uh, uh, on campus today from about 1.30 to 2 p.m. They're going to have a big send-off at the Stan Sheriff Center parking lot. So that's the baby parking lot uh, right behind the Stan Sheriff Center. You can uh, see off the team and wave tea leaves and, I don't know, 
hand out Manapua. Are you allowed to do that? I'd give them Manapua for the plane. Why not? Yeah. Are we allowed to do that? I don't know. I'm not sure if they would Why mind would you that, not though? be allowed to give uh, yeah. out Manapua? Anyway, uh, send the team off in style. Show them your aloha for our football team. Again, today, 130-2 to two, as they head off to face the number four team in the country. It's like sending off the... Uh, People in the people in your family sending them off to war. <laughs> Good luck, Johnny. And Billy, <laughs> keep your head low. Billy, don't be a hero. Come back to me. Sorry. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Let's talk Hawaii football from Hawaii Football Now podcast on ESPN Honolulu. You also see his handsome face on the pre and post game on Spectrum Sports for Hawaii football. Jordan Helle. How's it, Jordan? Hey, how's it going, guys? You're too kind. You're too kind. Hey. Jordan, is, is it okay to call you Maui's own Jordan Helle, or is that already taken? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I think he likes Maui boy. Maui boy. You see, if you were yeah, an athlete on the news, they would never call you Jordan Helle. It would always be Maui boy Jordan Helle. Well, that, works, your... that works. You know, it's a nice little, uh, it's a nice little uh, uh, nomer, you know? Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us, and I hope this question has a long answer. When you look back on Saturday's game for the University of Hawaii, what positives did you take away? Yeah, you know, I thought I thought we saw a little bit of uh, of an improvement defensively. Uh, I, I think there were some some schematic changes. I think they showed a willingness uh, from from Coach Yoro on down to to tweak some things. I think we saw some guys in different different spots. Albeit, you know, to be fair, it was a much different assignment, right? Uh, Vanderbilt's kind of spread, run, attack, and in, in, in a very mobile quarterback is a much different ask than trying to defend what Western Kentucky does in terms of, you know, throwing the football around Austin Reed, I, I thought was very impressive. That receiving core was very impressive. So it was a different, it was a different assignment, but I, I, I did think we saw, you know, a willingness to rotate some new guys in. I think we saw a bit more from uh, Mekki Pay, Noah Kamana in the backfield. Uh, we saw, especially in the second half, started to see a little bit of Ezra Evi Malu, a little bit of Andrew Choi. So I think we saw a willingness to, to try some different things. I thought the tackling was a little bit better. Um, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement there, but but I thought the, the tackling was a lot better than it was against Vanderbilt the week prior. And so I think there are some positives there, right? And, and all things considered, the defense has played good enough in the first two games, right? 21 to 10 at halftime, basically, of the first two games. Um, and in both of those games, one of the touchdowns that the opponent scored was via the offense, right, on right. A, a fumble return for touchdown against Vandy and then an interception return on a, just a, a, you know, uh, a botched screenplay against Western Kentucky. And so you take that off the board, right? They're basically giving up 13 points or 14 points roughly in the, in the first half of the first two games. And, and to me, that, that, that's – satisfactory and so i think there's there's something to be gained there. there there'll be different tests along the way obviously this michigan game coming up this weekend another team that loves to run the football uh, and is physical and 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 whatnot but i did think we saw some some growth there especially on the defensive side of the football i thought the offense took a little bit of a step back the running game you know wasn't 
wasn't very good. Um, you know, Deidre Parsons, who's usually Mr. Reliable, averaged less than two yards per carry, and I thought a lot of that had to do with the fact that they couldn't get anything going on the outside. And the offensive line, uncharacteristically, you know, I know they suffered some injuries and whatnot. A couple of, uh, of guys got banged up, but, uh, you know, that, that offensive line, which I thought was going to be the most reliable unit on the team, just, just didn't have one of their better games. And I would expect that to be a little bit more of an outlier than 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 something that we see trending forward. I, I expect that, fully expect that offensive line to bounce back. What were your thoughts on the quarterback play and the quarterback situation overall? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting, right, because they've, they've got a predicament on their hands, the coaching staff with, with Coach Chang and, and down to Coach Shoemaker. And, and I think, you know, I, I understand the – the process that they're going through. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out, okay, nobody's really separated themselves yet. Okay, we're going to give both guys an opportunity, right? It's kind of interesting because Cameron Cooper was, was listed on the depth chart. He was included in the conversation leading into into week two. I, I, I am a little surprised that maybe we didn't see a third guy, whether it was Cooper or one of the other two, whether it be Jake Farrell or, or Armani Eden. Just a little bit, just because of the way the score and the game kind of unraveled on them in that game against Western Kentucky. And, you know, I think from the two guys that we saw, and so that leads me to believe that the coaches feel pretty confidently that, that hey, it's, it's down to two, right? The competition truly is down to two with Shager and um, Joey Yellen. And so if that's the case, I think what we've seen through two games, I, I think Braden Shager has emerged as the guy. I think he's, he's obviously got the most experience in that uniform. He's got the most starting experience, really, of any of the guys in the room. Um, even that including the two power five transfers. And I just think he's looked more comfortable. He's looked more confident. Um, and he, he's looked – the offense has looked the best. The offense has moved the best with him at quarterback. It, it hasn't been great with anybody out there outside of the opening drive of the season, but I do think he has been the guy that has shown the most and the offense has shown the most with him out there, which to me means just as much, right, because – Offense is all about consistency. It's all about rhythm, and you need that. And so, you know, I think the sooner they can zero in on one guy, get him the reps in practice, get the consistency with the rest of that unit on offense, that will bode well. Now, the other caveat is they got Michigan coming up this weekend, and and to be fair, there might be an opportunity to play multiple guys just because of the caliber of opponents. So I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if, if we see multiple guys again and then kind of zero in as they head into Duquesne next week. Maui boy Jordan Hille joining the animals on the Bobby Curry ah. show on ESPN Honolulu talking UH football. When you talk about the offense, Jordan, there were quite a few people after the game on the fans' voice and even on social media questioning the play calling. What are your thoughts on the play calling that you've seen in the first two games? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an offense, much like a lot of modern offenses now, right, that incorporate the run-pass option, that incorporate you know, quick passing game where you're, 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 you're spreading the, the, the ball around sideline to sideline. And I think it's a combination of things, right? I think the, the frustration and the, the, the critique is, is fair, and I think the coaches will probably own that because the offense hasn't been good enough uh, through the first two weeks. You know, some squandered opportunities, especially early against Western Kentucky. And, and I, I, it, it's it, like these modern offenses, you need – a string of first downs, right? You need that initial first down to kind of get the rhythm going. And things just seem hard right now. Things seem difficult for this group offensively. Every snap kind of seems like a struggle. There aren't any easy completions. There aren't any simple five-yard gains on, in the run game where it's like, okay, now we can kind of get things going, right? You can build off of that first down play. You can build off of that initial first down where now you can get a little tempo. You can get a little rhythm. 
And I think they've kind of just been handcuffed where they're, they're either stuck in neutral or worse, right? And, and so they kind of seem to be, to be peddling and going nowhere in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, they, they've struggled with that and trying to find exactly, okay, what personnel group, right? They had 10 guys catch a pass, which right. kind of sounds good, but to me it's almost too much. You know, they, they, they haven't quite figured out, okay, what is the personnel grouping that's going to be our base, right? Is it, is it one tight end, three receivers? Is it two tight ends? Is it no tight ends? Or is it moving a guy like Jordan Murray out into the slot that makes a little more sense, um, perhaps? I, I think they're still searching for answers there, which, you know, is a little concerning, but I think is understandable based on the fact that, you know, they don't have the vertical threat to take the top off the defense with Zion Bowens being banged up, with Jonah Pinocchio kind of playing through a little bit of a of discomfort out there, and, and the other guys haven't quite stepped up. So, you know, I, I think they're, they're – they're trying to find a guy kind of like we've seen on defense and rotation. And so, you know, trying to maybe narrow that down a little bit and figuring out, okay, what is our personnel grouping? And I, and I think um, in the run game, the other thing that, that I think could we could maybe see is, is a little more, and I'm curious to see what their thought process is with the young running backs, right, Tylen Hines and Jordan Johnson, because I think they bring a different element. You've got Deidre Carson and Najee bryant Lillet, who has been really impressive, but kind of similar right. running backs powerful between the tackles they're not gonna they're not gonna break one necessarily you know they don't have the top end speed but are very very capable running backs and so i think maybe working in those two youngsters who have a little bit more of that perimeter running game who have a little bit more of that burst might be a nice compliment might ease some things up but yeah i think in a lot of ways they're still searching for answers and still trying to find their core that, that that sort of fits in this thing and if they can do that start to start to come up with some things that make things easier on them, right? Uh, simple completions, consistent simple completions, because we've seen, you know, sometimes the throws there and the ball bounces off a shoulder pad or something. It's It's been a bit of combination, I think, of trying to find the right scheme as well as having the personnel go out there and perform. I'm going to hope for the best against Michigan. Jordan, thank you again for joining us. Always enjoy having you on the show, and we'll do it again soon, I hope. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. See you guys. All right, nice pipes, man. I wish I had a yeah. place like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Helley from uh, Hawaii Football Now, the podcast on ESPN Honolulu. Also, you see him on Spectrum Sports for uh, pregame and postgame for Hawaii football. It's 746 with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. We've got something special happening this week on campus at the University of Hawaii. Uh, Associate Athletic Director of Internal Affairs. Lois Mannon is going to join us momentarily. Remember, we got the fantasy football show, the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. That is coming up at 8 o'clock. Hey, you can join Josh Pacheco and Arnold Martinez. Speaking of football, they'll be broadcasting Countdown to Kickoff live at noon this Saturday at Big City Diner in YPO. We can enjoy Mega Modelo's. That's a 25-ounce draft. Modelo Especial for just seven bucks lots of prizes to give away too so join us won't you from espn honolulu man there's so much going on now, as part of the Wahine on the Rise, uh, our celebration continues. Lois Madden is the Associate Athletic Director of Internal Affairs, which means she's the one who actually walks around and puts the parking tickets on your car. <laughs> Did you know that? At the University of Hawaii. Hi, Lois. Good morning. 
Good I morning. Like it in my car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we have UH's field day coming up, and it's it's kind of last minute that we're getting the word out here, but it's already Saturday from four to six, and there's all kinds of free stuff going on. Tell tell folks what this is all about. Right. So Wahine on the Rise Field Day is Saturday. Uh, it's at Clarence T. C. Ching Athletic Complex. Uh, gates open at four o'clock. We are going to give away free T-shirts to the first 500 kids through the gates. Um, so bring the family, meet our Rainbow Wahine student athletes and coaches. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to host activities for the for the keiki and engage them all. Um, there's going to be a DJ playing music. There's going to be uh-huh. hot dogs and and drinks for sale. HDS is going to be handing out free mouth guards. Coca-Cola is going to be doing sampling. So, and then at the end of it, you get your free ticket. Come get your free ticket while supplies last. We got a thousand of them to Wahine Volleyball that night. So walk right out of the, the Clarence DC Ching and right into the Simplify Arena Stanshare Center and, and make a night of it. It's going to be, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, and you know what? You might be thinking, oh, okay, they're trying to get me to buy a ticket. They're going to give my kids a ticket. But this is for parents and the kids. So the parents can get involved in the activities. And so what you're going to have is a little stamp card, right? And you visit each station, and they stamp it, like we did at our sports festival, if you remember that. So they they stamp the card, and you fill up the card. Then they go, here's your ticket. Here's your ticket, Mom. Here's your ticket, Dad. Here's your ticket, Junior Boy, right? And uh, so everybody gets to go. (laughs) Everybody's included. Yes, I mean, and it's, in this case, it's going to be junior girl. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, the, the, the T-shirts are for the kids. The, the tickets yes. we will give to the first thousand people. Right, and so the mouth guards and the, the free T-shirts are for kids. I mean, I don't know if you're an adult. What are you going to do with a mouth guard? Because the HDS well, reminds people that mouth guards are just not for football, but you see uh, kids playing basketball with mouth guards and all the sports. So it's very, very cool. It's, yeah. It's very, it's very cool, and it also helps um, prevent concussions. Yes. And, uh, of course, damaging your teeth and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, well, do, what's, too, our, yeah. what's our DJ's name? Do you know? Is it like oh, DJ Hippin Hopper or something? Like, like a oh, cool uh, name. It's DJ. Oh, man, I can't remember his name. But it's Ua Ungalele. Like Ua Ungalele. DJ Ua Ungalele. <laughs> no? It's. It's Uyunglele. Oh, Uyunglele. <laughs> no, it's DJU. <laughs> See? See? Yeah. That's what I like. All right. Well, I'll find out. I'm going to call in. I'm going to be down there, so I'm going to call in the radio station. We've got to hype up the DJ. But anyway. we got to hype ad- up the DJ, yes. And admission is free, and uh, there's really no other information you need to go to. It's just parents and kids come down, T.C. Ching uh, Athletic Complex, Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m., lots of free stuff. Get a free ticket to volleyball and enjoy the day with your kids because we're not going to have trade wins, so get outside and do something, okay? Lois, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Lois. Okay, you too. I can see the ratings just went up. They're going through the roof every time Lois Madden comes on. And please... Don't call her. She's not the person that puts tickets on your car window. I was just a, no. I was just trying to make a funny. I think the price of admission, I mean, it's worth it just to get the MC who's going to be performing on Saturday. I understand that's going to be pretty uh, pretty much a, a, a reason just to attend, just to hear the jokes and the commentary by one, uh, the Chris jokes. Hart. I think, that, I think that there's other people MCing. I don't think I'm the only one. Oh, really? I think they're going to have real professionals there. 
That, you are a professional. Yeah, that's you always tell me you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coming up next, uh, you're in luck. If you're playing fantasy football, you want to be listening because it's the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. Jeff Erickson joins us in 20 minutes. And uh, lots of uh, fantasy football uh, news and comment next on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Now, Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu. This is the Rivals Fantasy Football Show, as you heard. Brought to you by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. And finally, I would assume everybody has had their draft. If not, you better really hurry up. And you got your lineup to choose for this weekend. Again, Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com will join us in about 18 minutes. He'll get your questions via our text line, the Zephyr Insurance text line, or call us at 808-296-1420. We all got our rosters, and we can go over them a little bit later. But what I was looking at, trying to figure out some of the guys, now that we're in game week, and the game was tomorrow with the Rams and Buffalo, as far as who you should start, who you maybe should sit, especially based on their opponents for this week, more so based on the opponents than the player themselves. And I came up with a few names for running backs and receivers, and I'll just go over a few of them right now. Richard Penny. I think it's a really good pick. He's going up against the Denver Broncos uh, on Monday night football. It's, game, it's a game that's in Seattle. Uh, Penny should get the most, most bulk of the carry. That's one thing now. Last year you had that shared backfield. They do have Kenneth Walker, the rookie out of Michigan State. He is listed, I believe, still as questionable. He's sidelined right now, which means I'm not starting him. Mm. But if you have Richard Penny, definitely go with him in that game. Another okay, one. But, but why Richard Penny? Just because he's the only – He's the, he's the the running back. I mean, he, he hasn't. He has. He's 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 in uh, four years. He's gained fifteen hundred yards. Last year, he finished the season really strong. I forget what his numbers were, but over the last four games, he had really good numbers, and he's going to be their main running back now. He shared the load a lot in the last few years. You've had different guys touchdowns. there in the backfield. Chris Carson, excuse me, six touchdowns. Okay, I'm not talking about three years ago. I'm not talking about two no, years ago. No, I'm talking ago. about 2021. He had six touchdowns okay. in 2021. He, he shared the backfield with other running backs. Chris Carson was one of their main guys right. there now. And again, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get too many running backs that are going to score 15, 20 touchdowns. What you hope they do, but that's a short list. And you should we should actually notice and uh, uh, note that Seattle is a run first team. Especially they, they now. always have been. They've <laughs> been a run now. What's that? Yeah, especially now. <laughs> especially I, now, but they're a run-first team. One right. of the reasons Russell Wilson wanted to leave. But anyway. yeah, right, exactly. So I, I think he could be oh, a good and choice. And the cool people just call him Russ, by the way. So you call him Russell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped into that one. Okay, here, here's another one. I think you should start. It might be obvious. It's Antonio Gibson for the Washington Commanders. Ooh, now you, you know they don't have. Nice. Robinson obviously had that uh, shooting a few weeks ago. Hopefully he'll come back at some point. The Jaguars also last last season, they averaged 24 points led up to opposing teams' running backs. So they didn't have a good run defense, especially fantasy-wise. Knowing that if your running back can average 24 points a week against them, even more so you go with Antonio Gibson in that game against Jacksonville on Sunday. Okay. What about Jacksonville's running back, who we haven't really seen yet? 
I like well, Chase Young's going to be out for a while. I think he re-aggravated the injury, and he wasn't going to be back for right. Week One anyway. So that's uh-huh. a loss for Washington, right? The Travis Etienne out of Clemson. I loved him at Clemson. Uh, I I felt bad that he was out all of last year, and he's going to be back. I think he could be a good running back as well. Some of the other guys that I have on the list for starting them, and I'll get to sit them ones in just a minute. Chase Edmond going up against the Patriots this week. Uh, now you know you got Raheem Mostert with the Miami Dolphins, though, but I think they're going to be running a little bit more, even though you got two of there. But they're going to be sharing that load. It's not going to be Mostert getting all the carries. I think. He Who are the Dolphins it. playing? They're playing the Patriots, where Tua has not lost to them. I believe he's three and zero against them, and I think they've won four, all four in the last few years. Doesn't mean a whole lot this year, right? But it means they've had success up against them recently. You know what? I think the Dolphins just have, you know, for the first time, you could say. The Dolphins have more talent than the New England Patriots. I agree they, with that. They're yeah. working on improving the offensive line. They've got uh, already a good defense. Brian Flores put together a pretty good defense. Yeah. All the free agents that came in offensively and defensively. And, uh, I mean, the only question mark is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Which has nothing to do with fantasy football, but good points there. <laughs> no, but it does. But oh, you're totally right. You're about talking that. about, um, you know, Mokeem. Uh, most Raheem, Raheem Mostert. Yeah. We're but Chase Edmonds Mostert. is the guy. Okay, so Chase Edmonds is the guy. Mostert is going to play? Yeah, Mostert's going to play, but Chase Edmonds is a good uh, – he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. And the New England Patriots were the eighth worst team as far as letting up catches to running backs last year. They let up but the my eighth quest- most. My question then is how much running and how much passing are the Miami Dolphins going to do? I mean, I see this as I see this as more of a balanced attack. I think it could be, but again, the fact that he's going to share the workload and he's expected to catch some passes out of the backfield might make Chase Edmonds a good pick, especially with the New England Patriots defense in the past, at least last year, letting up a lot of receptions to running backs. AJ Dillon versus the Vikings on Sunday as well. The Vikings allowed the tenth most points fantasy wise to running backs last year, and uh, I think I think even though he's going to be splitting with Aaron Jones. I think he could be a good pick, A.J. Dillon of of Green Bay, and I think they're going to be winning that game, which means they're going to run it in the fourth quarter a little bit more. Josh Jacobs for the uh, Raiders, they go up against the Chargers. He was a top-12 fantasy running back last year. He's had a lot of success against the Chargers, averaging 17.5 points in his last five games overall. Uh-huh. And the Los Angeles Chargers, even though they got a better defense this year, we know they got improvement, they let up the sixth-most fantasy points to running backs last year. Okay, let me interrupt your grocery list here. Let's go back and discuss the Patriots game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, ESPN has, as a uh, kind of breakout candidate for the Patriots. Now, he's going to share carries, right? But this is a big running back who's going to see a lot of action in the red zone, I would imagine. Yeah, I drafted him as my second running back. I think he could have a good year, and I've been seeing or reading a lot of good things about what they expect out of him this year. Remember, it was a James White retired, too, so they're one down in that crowded backfield. They still got um, some other guys there. Now, you might not like this because I think he's on your team, and you were mentioning his name earlier, but uh, Cordero Patterson going up against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you've got other guys That's in the mix. That's a tough defense. That's a tough defense. defense. And the Saints' defense was the toughest for opposing running backs last year. They yeah. had the number one defense against a run last year. But Cordero Patterson, who used to be a wide receiver, is now listed as a running back. But he's a Swiss Army knife, so they might have some really creative ways to use him. 
Yeah, could be. Could He's be, not be. your everyday fantasy football player. Right, You're looking right. at him as just a straight running back, but that's not what he is. He's closer to Debo Samuel than, say, you know, uh, uh, your – uh, a regular running back. Yeah, I think it's just if he's going to run going up against the Saints defense, that might be a little bit troublesome, especially with their strong defense against the run, as I mentioned. But now, it's a, he's not running between tackles. He's not a guy lined up in the backfield who's, who's you know, doing a three yards in a cloud of dust. That's not how they use him. So I think that he could still be very effective. Whoever has him in our ESPN Honolulu League, uh, that's a great pick. I thought you had him. You didn't have him? No. Okay. Everyone I, I wanted about. got picked like the Oh, Tanner has him. Everyone who, who Tanner has the team I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got a few guys. I think Tanner's going to win this league this time. Brees Hall was another one. Now, uh, I've seen other people talk about him in this aspect mainly because You're talking he's about be the Jets running with, back yeah, with Michael Carter. We still don't know exactly who's going to be the starter. All indications are that it will be Michael Carter, although a week ago I saw that Brees Hall was. I'm not sure if they've indicated totally who it'll be but the point is the Ravens another strong defense against the run they only let up 3.7 yards a rush last year I think that it's maybe for fantasy don't you kind of look at okay well who maybe are they going to run around the goal line who are they if they get to the goal line or if they get <laughs> to the red game. zone right <laughs> yeah That's yeah a, yeah, and I'm just basing it mainly on the Ravens' run defense. It's really good, just like the New Orleans Saints. I mean, but yeah, if he's getting some, you know, those opportunities around the one or two yard line, it could be a little bit better. And I think Brees Hall will be good in the Jets, good in the NFL, and eventually be good in fantasy. We'll have to see how that pairs off, so to speak, with Michael Carter because he was pretty decent last year, or definitely above average for the Jets. One more on the sit-em list for running backs: Cam Akers going up against the Buffalo Bills. That's tomorrow night's game. This of is the course. sit-em list. Okay, yeah. don't play. Cam Cam Akers. Because, again, I'm looking at the rush, de- the run defense for the opposing team. Buffalo's defense gave up the sixth fewest fantasy points to running backs last year. So, I mean, this year could be different. I know when you're starting out in week one, and you, the only thing you can really base it on is last year. So that's what I'm doing right now with these matchups, at least. Um, mm-hmm. that's, one other sit is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, they've got Jarek McKinnon there, Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie out of Rutgers, who really looked good in the preseason. Yes, I know right. it's preseason. Mm-hmm. He, he's expected to get some playing time and maybe get in that rotation. They also got Ronald Jones there, too. Going to be a crowded backfield in Kansas City. Uh, let me get to some receivers now who you could start and sit for tomorrow as well. And let's get the list out here. Okay, first one to start, Michael Pittman Jr. They're going up against oh, yeah. the Houston Texans. And yeah. uh, he had six catches for 77 yards last year against Houston, 17 fantasy points. So uh, look at him to maybe have a good game against the Texans. Right. You're talk- Okay, so what you're doing, um, let me get, let you come up for air for a second here. Michael Pittman, Indianapolis Colts, and now you've got somebody like uh, Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. You've got one of the best offensive lines. You've got a running game. I think the, the Colts by themselves are going to be scary, which in turn makes a lot of their offensive positions very scary. This is going to be a run-first offense with the talent they have in the backfield, but Michael Pittman is definitely WR1. And by the way, when Chris just said run first backfield, that will be an answer to our question coming up to win a great prize for a running back named Aaron Jones. So just, just remember that right now when we ask the question coming up. Another All right, pre- and we uh, would like you to text in your questions for our guests coming up at 808-296-1420. 
if you have a question about your lineup with um, uh, Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. He's going to be joining us in about five minutes. Another receiver, this might be obvious, although he's on a new team, Marquise Brown for Arizona. They're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins will be out for several weeks, so Marquise Brown is expected to get a lot of the a lot of the uh, targets at least for tomorrow. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The Chiefs struggled to stop wide receivers. They did not have good fantasy numbers stopping opponents' wide receivers last year as well. For the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton going up against oh, yeah. Seattle on Monday night. He and Russell Wilson. Um, he's going to be the number two receiver, even as a flex option as well. Uh, he's going to get – he and Jerry Judy going to get a lot of targets on Monday night. Do you think Jerry Judy's a, a, the, the number one receiver for that team? I think it's Sutlin. Sutton. Uh, Sutlin. Sutton. 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 Yeah. I, I've seen it listed as Jerry Judy. It could be either or, but I think both of those guys are going to get a lot of targets on Monday night. Oh, sure. So look for them. Adam Thielen, Minnesota, going up against Green Bay. More than a Thielen. <laughs> he um last year he had he averaged 22 fantasy points in fact not only last year but in the last three games against green bay he's averaged 22 points so not a bad performance against green bay which has a good defense i think well, he'll have a pretty good game as well obviously he's a very good right receiver. you've got van jefferson right you have van jefferson who's going to take a lot of the attention and uh leaving adam thielen uh wide open well justin jefferson justin jefferson van jefferson's on the rams right? On the rams right justin jefferson the number one of the you know, top two fantasy football players. I mean, they, if you have a stardom list, wouldn't he be on it? Or is that already goes without saying? I think it goes without saying. These are okay. some guys that maybe you're thinking of. One more on the stardom list, Christian Kirk. I got him on my roster. He's on Jacksonville right now, yeah. and I think he has a chance to be maybe the number one receiver there. Remember, they don't have to pass rush Washington without Chase Young. I think Jacksonville will put up some points, and Christian Kirk, yeah. maybe as your flex or – Washington still has a pretty good defense. Washington's defense has never been the problem. It's not just Chase Young. I I don't know that Christian Kirk hasn't he hasn't proven himself to be a great football player. I mean, good for him. He got some unreal deal uh, from Washington. I don't remember. Uh, I'm from Jacksonville. I don't remember what it was, but I don't know that he's. I mean, he's not a Pro Bowl wide receiver yet. I mean, just because he's the WR one for the team. Is that guy going to bring you a lot of fantasy points? This week he should. The main reason is Washington's defense allowed the six most fantasy points to receivers last year. Again, for most of these stardom and sit it's based on the opponent, not based on almost anything else, more about the opponent's defense that they're going up against. Is it a good match or is it not a good matchup? And for right. Christian Kirk, no, based on what Washington did last year, maybe I'm not a pretty fin- good matchup. Yeah, maybe I'm not thinking fantasy-wise. I'm just thinking football-wise. But go ahead. Okay, just a few more. These are on the sit-em list for wide receivers. Sit-em. Amar- do not play them. Do not play them unless you have to. And in week one, you probably have all the options that you want. Uh, Amari Cooper going up against the Carolina Panthers. Part of it, I'm talking about the opponents a lot. Part of it is because of Jacoby Brissett. I'm not really sold on him. But, again, Carolina's defense, they let up the seventh most, seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers last year. So a pretty good pass defense. And, again, Amari Cooper, new team, new quarterback. I'm sure he'll be good at some point, and he's on my team, so I'm hoping he does good. But with this matchup, not too sure if he's going to start the season on fire. Uh, Tyler Lockett on Seattle going up against the Denver Broncos. You mentioned their defense earlier. Not only that, you got D.K. Metcalf as the WR1 there. Tyler Lockett with a good pass defense. You might want to uh, sit him this week, especially with you know Seattle's quarterback situation. I don't think any of the receivers are going to have numbers like they've had in the last two years. 
year. And a couple more on this list. Drake London, I know Tanner's really high on him. I think he'll have a good year. Going up against the Saints. Saints defense we already talked about. A good run defense, a good pass defense as well. And one more on this list, Robert Woods going up against the New York Giants. He's on Tennessee now. Giants defense isn't that great maybe, but you got Derrick Henry who is healthy. And uh, even though the Giants – aren't that great on defense. It's expected to be a low-scoring game, which means they're not going to be passing as much. He might be a guy you might look to sit as well. All right. I'm looking at uh, uh, K.J. Hamler, a guy, uh, a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. I'm just going off of a list that ESPN has. This is not my own. But these are some players to actually, uh, you know, consider playing. Another one, a guy you talk a lot about, Romeo Dubs. For the uh, Green Bay Packers. Now, this is kind of for the whole season, not maybe just this weekend, but maybe some names uh, to think about. Nico Collins, a wide receiver for the Houston Texans. I mean, they got to throw to somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Time for our uh, fantasy guest, Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. He's going to join us next. You can text in your questions. Uh, for him now, I see the text coming in at the 808-296-1420 on the Zephyr Insurance text line. This is the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. It is brought to you by Rivals Waikiki in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. They got great. They got great football poo-poo there. They're known for their, of course, uh, pizza and wings. They are absolutely fantastic. So, uh, for all your sports watching needs, head on down to Rivals in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. This is Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Rivals Fantasy Football Show on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman and Chris Hart as we welcome in our very special guest. He's a senior editor at Rotowire and the host of the Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Jeff Erickson is with us, and you can call or text in your question at 808-296-1420. We'll get to those questions coming up in just a second. Jeff, thanks again for joining us. Would you say that there's any mistakes that people might make in the first week of fantasy football when assembling their rosters? Oh, of course. Um, it, we, we make mistakes all the time, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, over managing, uh, maybe like you think, Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I like this guy's matchup just a little bit more. So this, even though he's my fifth receiver, I'll start him over my third. I think that's fre- frequently a mistake, unless it's a really close call to begin with. If you, I, you know, you know, week one especially, I try to go with the guys that, you know, I targeted. You know, obviously if there's injuries, that's one thing. But, you know, for the most part, the matchups that we think might be extreme matchups aren't always the case. Uh, you know, the, the NFL is a reshuffle league, and some of the assumptions we hold aren't necessarily true about the strength or weakness of a defense. We have a whole bunch of text messages that have come in involving the rosters for this week, so let's go to one right now. First texter says, who should he start this week, DJ Moore or Eli Mitchell? That's a good question in the flex there. Uh, I would go with Eli Mitchell. I think it's really close. Reason being is I think the Niners are a favorite. They're expected to be uh, running the ball a lot against the uh, Bears, uh, i.e. playing with a lead. 
I think you got to watch Mitchell's practice reports the next couple of days. If he's limited, then I, I would switch over. But for now, I think I'd go Mitchell. Here's a really interesting one. Somebody's wondering about a trade that they want you to evaluate in the PPR league. He said he is giving up Tua Tongovailoa and Cooper Cup for Justin Herbert and Najee Harris. Mm, I mean, it's clear upgrade of a quarterback. I mean, obviously that's the motivation for this year. Najee Harris, I'm a little worried about because he had that Liz Frank injury at the beginning of training camp that the Steelers didn't disclose until after the final preseason game when Harris himself disclosed it. Uh, prior to that, Mike, Coach Mike Tomlin actually said, oh, he had his foot stepped on, it's no big deal. Well, then he missed a month, and you know Harris said, oh, well, I didn't have my foot stepped on. I had a Liz Frank injury. So, you know, you, you get situations like that, you kind of get you worry a little bit there. Regarding that trade, I, I might hold – hold with cup uh because of that there because you think you're getting the big upgrade at running back but you might not be that is from rob in las vegas who also has another question he wants to know what you think about debo samuel how will he be used this year will he be only a wide receiver or will he run as much as he did last year um i think it'll be similar uh i know there was some talk during the negotiation process that maybe he didn't want to run as much but i think that was some posturing to get that contract done I think he will. I mean, I think they're a far more effective team when he does run. Uh, I, I think that maybe with Trey Lance full time at QB, you know, being a mobile quarterback, maybe that takes a little bit away from Debo's ground game. But I don't think you go away from it completely. Jeff Erickson from RotoWire.com here on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show on ESPN Honolulu. If you have a question, you can call or text at 808-296-1420. Got a few more text questions. Uh, who should he start at his flex this week, Carterell Patterson or J.D. McKissick? Uh, PPR League, I would go I would go Patterson in any format, actually. It's a close call. McKissick is a PPR specialist. I know uh, with no Brian Robinson for the first four weeks, it's possible that uh, McKissick gets extra work, but it it, it makes it seem more like last year when it was him and Gibson uh, splitting uh, touches there. So I'd say I'd go Patterson. It's close. Another question, can you trust James Conner as your RB1? I think you can. Uh, If you've got two stud receivers and then you go Conner in the third, I like that build. I don't like Conner in the second round because I think there are too many good receivers to pass over. And another text question, do you think Isaiah likely will be used more as the year goes on for the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I, I think so. He could be their third third uh, target in the passing game when you have unestablished wide receivers after Rashad Bateman, who honestly isn't that established in his own right there. And I'm doing everything I can, Jerry, to not make a good pun off of this, his last name. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tempting, though, I'm sure, isn't it? <laughs> it totally. What about Brees Hall and Michael Carter for the Jets? We've talked about it on our show, and a texter wants to know, I mean, who's going to get the bulk of the carries uh, for the Jets? Who's the better fantasy pick this season? I mean, the thing is, Carter can play. I mean, he was, uh, you know, when when they drafted him last year out of North Carolina, you know, they were excited about him. And then he got hurt a lot last year and had to split the carries. I think ultimately uh, Hall will get more work than Carter. I think early on it might be a pretty close call. What rookies do you think being uh, can be impact players in fantasy early on? Um, I, I think Chris Olave on the Saints is my favorite rookie wide receiver. Drake London, if and when healthy, is going to be a big part of that Falcons offense. Uh, Hall, as you mentioned, is one of the top running backs. Damian Pierce is probably the biggest mm. helium guy of draft season. Uh, he went from being maybe RB10 among the rookie running backs to 
the third drafted, often even the second ahead of Kenneth Walker because Walker's got the uh, hernia that he's recovering from. Pierce is going to be the starting running back for the Texans. Uh, you know, all along in uh, draft season, he was listed behind Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead on their official, on their uh, depth chart. Well, this week on the depth chart, he was listed at the top, and they were playing him as if as if he was at the top too. So it's good to see that. How do you feel Amari Cooper will do for Cleveland this season? Um, I think it's going to be a struggle because of the quarterback situation there. You know, we're not going to see Deshaun Watson until week 13, uh, first 11 games plus a bye. So, you know, Cooper's first 11 games are going to be with Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, it's, he won't be completely dead uh, in his production there, but it's going to hurt quite a bit. I mean, Brissett has demonstrable problems throwing the ball downfield. So I, I think that hurts Cooper a lot. Jeff Erickson is a great follow on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Erickson, also at rotowire.com. Jeff, can you tell our listeners and fantasy players about some of the access they can get through you and Rotowire this season? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just went up with, if you still have late drafts, and I know some people do, I've got I, my latest top 150 for PPR league. That's just for QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I don't make them kickers and defenses and that. That just went up. Uh, this morning, also uh, overnight, well, at late night, Hawaii time, overnight. Otherwise, I, I finished about 1 in the morning last night. My weekly value meter where I rank players for the given week. And I'll do an update on that on Thursday and then another one before games on Sunday uh, where I try to help you out in your starting lineups there. Countless tools, free agent articles, injury articles, uh, survivor, if you're in the survivor pool. Uh, if you want to talk about streaming defenses. Uh, Jerry Donabedian's got a great article there. You guys can check it out. No credit cards required. Just rotowire.com slash free. Another text question came in. I, I checked out your site, got the magazine. It's great access, great information all season long. So I appreciate that as well. I know our fantasy players will. Uh, the other question is for their flex position, Antonio Gibson or Cortland Sutton for the flex? I go Sutton. Um, we talked about Gibson sharing carries, sharing work with uh, J.D. McKissick. You know, keep in mind, Robinson, Brian Robinson was going to probably start over Gibson, so that shows you their level of confidence. I mean, I think Gibson's got a great opportunity right now, but Sutton is the number one receiver for Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson's revenge game against the Seahawks. So pretty excited to see what happens there. Any other injury updates that we might not be aware of for week one? Alan Lazard is, some, is a guy that's kind of popped up as a bigger concern that I'm surprised about, that I expected. I didn't practice today. Uh, the official injury report is uh, going to come out later today. And Coach Matt LaFleur, LaFleur hasn't elaborated on the injury yet, but he did say that Lazard got stepped on last week. I don't know if he's trading notes with Mike Tomlin or not about how to describe a player's injury, <laughs> but I, I don't want to watch that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to discount that possibility. It's a big deal. Uh, for what it's worth, Rob Domofsky of uh, ESPN.com said that Lazard has been running hard while rehabbing off to the side. So it's possible still. That he goes. I mean, that that's one that I was kind of like looking forward to, you know, using him a lot this year. I think he's going to end up being uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite wide receiver. I'm not sure if it's his favorite target. I think his favorite target will be Aaron Jones. But uh, Lazard should get a good amount of work. But if if he can't go, we're talking about Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs. Ultimately, Christian Watson will feature. I think he might struggle in, in week one because he's missed so much of the preseason and training camp. The NFL is back. Fantasy football is back. We're glad you are back with us, Jeff. Thanks again for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you in October again. Sounds great. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thank All right, you, thank Jeff. you. Jeff Erickson, rotowire.com, Rotowire Fantasy Sports today. 
which we can't hear in Hawaii. But if you're on the mainland, check it out at Sirius XM Satellite Radio. That's the guy that like basically invented fantasy sports. I mean, he was he was on the ground floor, yeah. and that's why he's so big. It's like he started Amway, and look at him now. That's that's who Jeff Erickson is, folks. Check it out. It's a great website and a great small investment for you to win your leagues at rotowire.com. It's time for our NFL giveaway from Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. What's up for grabs right now, Gary? Well, Jeff mentioned him, Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. We've got a great authentic autograph photo of Aaron Jones, and you can win it by answering a trivia question about top-ranked running backs in fantasy football for this season. The number one. All right, we'll give we'll give you time to Google it now at 808. Uh, call us in at 808-296-1420 and Google it. Something about top five running backs in fantasy football. Trivia question about that coming up next on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show on ESPN Honolulu. This is Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM at 14.20 AM. All right, time to give away our special prize from the Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger as we wrap up the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. I already forgot what our prize is. 11 by 16 autographed photo of Aaron Brooks. Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Aaron Brooks? He plays basketball. Like a backup, there was a was there's an Aaron Brooks that was like a backup quarterback for the Saints a number of years yeah. ago. Good one. Anyway, Aaron Jones. That's next week's prize. Aaron Brooks. <laughs> second prize. Aaron Brooks' autograph. All right, Chris is uh, on the line. He wants to win. Go ahead and ask your question, Gary. Okay, we said it's about running backs, and we talked about the team a few minutes ago. Can you give us the name of the number one running back projected fantasy points on everybody's list for this season? Good morning. Well, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor of Indianapolis. Good job, Chris. You've got a great prize. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the show. Okay. Well, right, hang thanks, on. Man. Tanner, we'll get your information and tell you how to pick it up. You will love this prize. So good job there by Chris. We'll have more memorabilia to give out every single week on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. We'll do it again next week at 8 a.m., of course. And uh, everybody, make sure you put your lineups in and uh, – then also make sure – I know some people did this during the draft where you had too many players during the bi- same bye weeks. I know that's one thing not everybody looks oh, yeah, out that's for. Oh, yeah, that's me. There's a few other people, too. I'm not going to name names right now. Uh, for my roster, whoever I, whoever I put as a starter, I mean, in my first, dra- my first two running backs, as an example, they're going to start. I'm not going to make any changes at all for my, my team as far as putting a guy like Sky Moore in the starting lineup. Uh, one what player, about somebody like Robbie Anderson? Robbie can, Anderson, Carolina Panthers. Because you know, I think I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a really good game against Cleveland. I think Robbie Anderson could be their guy. I think he could have a really good game. I think he's a good pick. I also read this earlier with Ni- um, Naheem Hines of Indianapolis is supposed to have a bigger role this year too. So I'm going to look forward. What to is him. it? What is what position does he running play? back? He's a running back. I don't think oh, I got Jonathan okay. Taylor, but he's expected to have. I know he's not going to be. Again, he's, he's going to be a bench player for me, but I just saw his name being mentioned that he could have a more prominent role than last year. 
All right. Well, more of the Rivals Fantasy Football Show Wednesday next week. You've been listening to Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu. And thank you very much again to everybody who texted in at uh, 296-1420. Uh, we did get some texts uh, on the regular show. Do you want to go over those? Sure. Okay. Let's find the ones that agree with me. And that was one from last me. Tuesday, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. We were. You know what? I mean, the biggest story we were talking about like two and a half hours ago and we haven't touched on it again, is they say, rumor has it, sources are reporting that the NBA is going to announce expansion to Las Vegas and Seattle. Seattle gets their NBA team back. Las Vegas, which I think is a perfect spot, uh, the Ninth Island, to have their own team. And they say they're going to announce it during a Lakers-Clippers preseason game. That's pretty exciting stuff. They're playing in Seattle at their new arena. That's why I think they would announce it there. You know, it's not a big surprise that these two cities might get a franchise. I think what might be the bigger surprise is that they're going to announce it allegedly next month. Because I, what Adam Silver has said just a few months ago is that they look, they're look going to look to expand at some point, but he kind of downplayed that it would happen anytime soon. So if they do announce it next month as expected, you would think, I don't know if they would do it next year. That might be too soon, but by 2024 you would expect it to happen. This is a uh, this is a great uh, text that we got regarding that earlier today. It's all about money, and uh, it's why we need an NBA or MLB team in Vegas when they have a water shortage, and it'll be indoors because during the summer it'll be 120 degrees. Talking about baseball in that instance, and both would start off as losers. No need expansion. Five to ten teams always suck every year. You know, you know what? You're you're right. It's going to be the baseball would have to be an indoor facility. I agree. NBA team, you can build an NBA team pretty fast through free agency. So I don't know that they would be uh, total losers anyway. But when you're talking about the Las Vegas water shortage, aren't you also talking about water shortages and everybody who gets water from the Colorado River? Aren't you talking about Colorado and California and everybody else, not just yeah. Las Vegas? Maybe because they're in, in the de- – well, it's like a third of California is a desert, too, isn't it? Probably so. Seems like Have you that. ever been to Camp Pendleton? That's the no. desert. <laughs> ever been to Bakersfield? No. <laughs> I haven't, but I've, I've seen it on TV. <laughs> but one of the things about baseball, as you mentioned – and, again, they're not talking about baseball yet, uh, unless the Oakland A's decide to move there. So. Right. We were talking about yeah, baseball. But yeah. they're mi- they, they have a minor league team in Las Vegas. And Area believe, 51. And that's outdoors. They're not playing in, they're not playing in a dome stadium. Wow. So, I, I mean, again, I know they play a lot of night games, and maybe it's not as long of a season as the major league, but that's down yeah. the line. As far as the water shortage, I mean, there's everything else going on in Vegas, I don't think an NBA team playing 41 home dates is going to really add that much more to it where we can't do it because of that. Money talks, and it'll be a moneymaker for a lot of people. And Seattle definitely deserves a franchise after what happened with Kevin Durant, your favorite player, who was on Seattle for a year, <laughs> and then the, he, the team moved OKC. That was where the curse began. And for the poor fans, I hope Billy Hall, I'm sure Billy Hall's all over this. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's one. Got a text uh, earlier today. Uh, Gary, you're dumb. Rico Garcia got sent back to AAA. That's what the texter said. 
Okay. I know he's been back about? and forth, but I thought he – I could have sworn I saw that he was back in the majors. And remember, on September 1st – Who does he play for? Baltimore what Orioles. Okay. On, on September 1st, the roster is expand. So I, I know that a lot of teams have called up a whole bunch of players. So he could be right. I just know he's been back and forth. And I, well, last time I looked, he was on the team, but he hasn't pitched yeah, lately. Honest mistake. Uh, we were talking about uh, Hawaii players on NFL practice squads, and the only two I saw really was Natane Muti, uh, who went to Fresno State from Hawaii. Uh, he is on Denver's practice squad. And then we found out that uh, uh, Myron Tagovailoa Amosa is on the Raiders practice squad. That's very good. Hopefully they can develop him. Uh, somebody texts in and asks, is he better at D-line or linebacker? He is a tweener, and I think that's where the question comes from. But I don't see him as I don't see him as I, I don't see him covering slot backs or running backs. Uh-huh. He's more of a pass rushing type of guy. I don't see him as a a, a speed a, a guy with much speed. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with play. that too. Mm. And nothing wrong. I mean, he, he's good on the D line, so we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. he'll get a chance to play though. Yeah. And uh, here's another one. It says Hawaii is number two in the new bottom ten. Well, that's okay. You know, we're struggling. By the way, if you one. want if you want to support the Rainbow Warriors, you know, have a little time today, head on down to the Stan Sheriff Center, and uh, they're going to be leaving and hopping on the bus to go to the airport. You can uh, give them a great aloha send-off at the Stan Sheriff Center parking lot. Now, they do ask you to please park in the complex and then walk over to the Stan Sheriff Center. But bring some bring some tea leaves and stuff. I forgot to ask Lois if you if it, if you could bring Manapua for the players, or spam, either one. Well, spam, bring yeah. spam. Yeah, spam musubi for the players. Like a can of spam. Oh, spam oh. musubi. Yeah. Can they bring spam? Oh, Here's by the a way, can of spam. <laughs> one more player on the practice squad. Bradley and I for the Jets is on the practice oh, squad. Oh, well. that's awesome! Awesome. Well, we got three guys. We got like twelve guys on rosters now. I mean, Rico, uh, Rigoberto Sanchez is, you know, he's going to be, he's out all year, he's right? He's out all year, unfortunately. Yeah. But we've got, you know, we're starting to build up the NFL Hawaiians again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The rest of these are all, yeah, the rest of these are all uh, fantasy questions. But thank you for texting in at 808-296-1420 on the Zephyr Insurance text line. And I know this is not practice squad, but I think I still think it's really cool. I think I might have mentioned it recently. 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL this week, and two of them are from the same high school. Marcus Mariota and Tua Tagovailoa. That's a pretty cool deal. Very cool deal. And I hope, you know, especially I hope Tua and Marcus and, you know, Tua I think is going to be fine. I'm really vested in – hoping for Marcus Mariota and a great comeback because they it appears that he is a they see him as maybe a placeholder probably Desmond Ritter looks like he's going to be the real deal I think uh down the line so I just hope that Marcus comes out and has a great great year Tua I think is going to be fine with all of that talent around him and we know how good Tua Tagovailoa is Tua we just pray that really for both of these guys they stay healthy because sure, that's been a problem sure. yeah all right. Hey, uh, you can join Josh Pacheco and Coach Arnold Martinez for Countdown to Kickoff. It's coming up at 12 noon. You can see them live at Big City Diner in YPO. You can enjoy Mega Modelos. That's 25-ounce Modelo drafts for $7. Plus, prize giveaways, too. Thank you to Paradise Beverages, Modelo Especial, Diotani Produce, 
and Coca-Cola. It's coming up this Saturday, Big City Diner YPO. Be there. Aloha. One story we didn't get to today was kind of making the, the sports news earlier today about Russell Wilson. Remember, he's going up against Seattle Monday night. I hope the fans give him a great ovation in his first game back. But the report coming out of the, by ESPN and other places is that he was really upset with Pete Carroll over the years for a few things. One of them was even having the nerve to look at a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen a few years ago. Part of the story is that in the draft. In the draft, of course. Uh, Russell Wilson also wasn't happy, saying that Pete Carroll kind of hurt his MVP chances. You know, and, and one thing I said about Russell Wilson, when he won the first Super Bowl, well, his only Super Bowl in Seattle, he spent basically the entire summer doing all these promotions and advertisements and stuff like that. Great for him, but a lot of the team works out in the summer, and I thought he was spending too much time on building up his brand. And I know no, not, really nobody agreed with me, and I'm not sure if that's the reason – that he's feeling like this, it seems like it's a little bit more about me than the team. In the article, it does mention on ESPN, at least, that he's all about winning more than MVP votes, but in the same sense, it also mentions how he was upset that Pete Carroll kind of pulled the brakes on them when he had an opportunity to surpass Lamar Jackson, who was leading the voting, according to people at that point of the season, and had a bye week. Uh, Russell Wilson was a little disgruntled Lamar with the Jackson, lack of... Lamar Jackson had a bye week. So what they were is they were they were blowing somebody out in the first half. Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball in the second half to be a good sport. Russell Wilson was upset at that, is what you were getting at. So I'm not so surprised they didn't get along. I mean, Russell Wilson got traded, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Uh, you know, again, there's articles everywhere. What they allude to, it sounded like it was a pretty easy divorce to predict based on how Russell Wilson felt. He didn't mind leaving Seattle, which is not what we heard well, maybe a year ago. And, you know, he, he came out two years ago and basically said that I'm sick of being sacked 400 times. we yes. got to go. We'll see you tomorrow.